Good day, good evening, good night, and good afternoon, and welcome to our 10th episode, if I am not mistaken, of the Black Cauldron. I hear Janina have birds chirping in the background. It seems like we're in the episode of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but um, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have any of those magical, you know, like, fantastic happy endings here, but we are here today to have our, hopefully, the conclusion of the fourth book, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. In fact, I think it will be the final episode because oh, it will be. is tired of reading the Goblet of Fire. She wishes to go on to the Order of Phoenix. And whereas I, on the other hand, I'm kind of, you know, about moving on to it because the Order of Phoenix was such a pivotal, interesting book. But anyway, let's not get, let's not digress and get distracted from the task at hand. Let me introduce my two co-hostesses with the mostesses. They, I am nothing without these ladies, particularly on this forum. We have Professor Deb. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I had just finished rereading of, uh, the, the segment we're going to be talking about. So I am raring to go. Wonderful, wonderful. And we have Janina from Far North Ohio. How are you doing? I am good. I, too, just finished redoing that section because I do not have a photographic memory. But at the moment, it is fresh, and I am ready. <laughs> I think it's fresh in my mind, but I expect you ladies to call me out, you know. So I purposely didn't go back and reread or uh, listen to, to this final section. I said, let me see, because I'm trying to save my energy and focus on book five, because I know we will not spend full episode on book five. And I want no. us to get to a lot of, um, there are a lot of, again, political issues that are going on in book five that I think it's really worth discussing. And we can draw so many analogies, um, parallels, I should say, with our real world situation. So if, if it do go beyond two episodes, two, two or three episodes, it would probably be talking about current events. So, <laughs> but, and of course, there is reels here. So ladies, I think last time we discussed, we were having a good time discussing the task. And we were discussing magical ethics and magical politics, things that we had not really considered and seen in, in the three other books. But all of these things stand in stark, um, in stark opposition to a lot of, in opposition, I should say, they, they stand out. The, the lot of these issues that you, you cannot get into this book without discussing the politics and the weeds, but yet there is a competition going on besides all of these overwhelming political issues and somewhat personal problems with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. There are two overwhelming things that are happening. One, <laughs> someone seems to be gunning it for Harry, and there seems to be a pending doom hap- up, uh, to, to forecast, because rel- usually in the other three books, Harry had a, not say clear, there was always a clear enemy or task that he had to complete, right? It was either serious evil trying to get him in book three, there was a chamber of secret issue. Someone was trying to attack the student and someone seeming to trying to steal a sauce or a stone. But in this book, everything is so unclear. And so many things we don't know. And we don't know. And, and, and trust to know, Harry, the reactor, he certainly, if we don't know, he doesn't know at all. And we discussed the Triwizarding Tournaments, which is about to be concluded. And we, the final task is a labyrinth set with puzzles and, and trivia and um, obstacles in the way 
And the task for that was when you get to the middle, you will find a cup. And when you touch the cup, you it would reveal that you are the winner. And based on the point system you enter, um, it's it's a pursuit race from biathlon. The person who has the highest points enter first, and then everyone, the, the remaining characters. So I think Harry and... Harry and Cedric go in at the same time. Yeah. Followed by Victor Crumb and then Fleur de la Cour. Let me just say, I don't like how they treat you and the girl in the competition, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah. Um. So let's before we get to the specific of what happened in the labyrinth. Did did we like this task or the idea of this task? I like the idea of this task because it has something for everyone. Um, you can be good at one thing and bad at another, but still make it through. Well, you can't really be bad, but you can be less good. So, you know, you have you have opportunities that you have to use spells and um, to get through. And then there are other times where you have to use brain power and reasoning to get through. So I appreciate that about this task because, again, there's there's something, you know, you don't have to be good at one particular thing in order to to make it i i I thought that um you know i I think i've been very very adamant throughout our discussion that um the reason harry has done so well um despite being so much younger than everybody else is that up until is that these tasks are primarily physical and they really do rely on um his ability his athletic ability the, the thing that he has the most confidence in and even in this last task, though, he has to re- he has to solve a riddle um, put to him by the Sphinx. And that whole scene of him trying to work that through, um, you see how, you know, this is not exactly his forte. Unlike mm-hmm. unlike where we saw Hermione, you know, where she worked out the potion situation in the very first book. I mean, he has to have it read to him and read to him and it takes it and he figures it out. But, um, you know, and you can see that um, for the first time, he's had to rely on another skill set than when he's had to respond to these physical challenges. And, it, and, and his reaction time is, as you point out, is slow, right? Because typically it's the reaction Harry knows how to attack immediately, right? Exactly. And he knows how to bob and weave and duck and whatever, but it's this, he, he can't necessarily get in out of that and to um janina's point about it, i didn't like this this challenge because to me it was what i would have imagined that would have been a task that i thought was fit for such a competition right to show mm-hmm. all the daring the skill of a wizard because i mean as you pointed out deb you know like the facing the dragon requires like one skill uh, and mostly it's an athletic prowess right to be able mm-hmm. to move you know um, ableism, I would say, but you know, um, in the water against uh, some level of athletic ability, because I mean, it wasn't just straight in the water. Bloop, we're in the mud people land, right? Nope, you gotta swim miles. It's like right because they right. were in there for basically an hour. Or at least he had to be there like for half an hour. He spent another half a time waiting for them to come and get him. But he got there first, right? Despite him being the last person to clearly figure out exactly what he was doing. Because he was clearly the last person in the water and confidently moving about. But this challenge, 
but supposedly we never really got to see it. You know, let me just say the last two times, horrible spectator event, horrible, horrible spectator event. I don't know. I would have been back in the library reading. I mean, like, yeah, tell me the results because I'm not out here exactly. watching uh, watching a bush, and I'm not out here <laughs> just watching a, 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 a this lake of activism do something better with my time. But uh, um, yeah, so you had this thing where you know there was so many things that you had to either face danger immediately or danger you can avoid or danger that you can sort of like set a trap in between to catch the day potential danger and there were dangers that you just had to solve it, it required quick thinking like i think he went through this sort of like mist and and the brittle way it stops you and held you up and also it, it lets you it left you vulnerable because as he's there trying to solve the sphinx he could have been attacked Right, as right. seen uh, right. happen to the other students, basically, whether from um, intentional or un unknown, because the devil snare apparently is always available. Though apparently, so that means that there was no light. This, this not only was this, but this is true. I, I was thinking maybe there were lights in my head. There were lights on the labyrinth, but just like that's not possible. They all had no. They weren't. <laughs> they were all in the dark. <laughs> they were all in the dark. They had to say Lumos, which is. Can yes. I just say Loomis is kind of a, I mean, interesting but silly spell? Because as your one tip is lit, you basically, like, surely there has to be a way of capturing fire without it being on your wand itself. You get if, what if I'm you're saying? Hermione, if you're Hermione, there is. Remember, she captured light right. fire and had it in a, in a glass jar. Right. So that, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, <laughs> surely we could have, you know, thought of that seemed to be far more constructive because... To me, it's like your your wand is occupied somewhere, but you know that's another thing. But can, can well, I just we say know. something about the, the idea yes. of the spectators? Um, you know, I feel that same way when I see all of these competition shows on TV. That um, especially when they're trying to get find people who have talent or trying, you know, it's like I'm you're waiting for a train wreck. You're waiting for the person <laughs> who can't do well, and that's a big. And I think that was the big part of this competition and this for this third task was, you know, who's going to who's going to have to have their wand, you know, shoot sparks so somebody can come and get them. And it's really you got spectators really waiting for something bad to happen um, for most of it. Where's the spark? Right? Where's the spark? Who's going to be the one who you know, who's falls out? Who's going to be the one, right? Exactly. exactly. That's yeah, true. As, you know, where, you know, but you know that it's going to take a minute for people to work their way through it. So you obviously are not waiting for the champion to appear for a while. But you, in the meantime, let's just go see who's going to fall out, who's going to fail. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, and it was really, that was the we whole point of We expect three sparks to happen, okay? We expect right. three <laughs> But right. the other thing I thought was interesting was that there was no way of knowing who's who put the sparks up, as we would see in the labyrinth, right? Because it just if it was a certain particular color, like you do red, you do blue, you do green, that made more sense. But to send up, because, I mean, I don't know what else you're going to send up. It's not like you can send up like an owl to be like, hey, I need help figuring this out, right? You can only, the only thing you can do in that labyrinth is either conquer the labyrinth are asked to come out of the labyrinth right whether right. they had given those instructions they were the only two options available to you you either wanted to get there um try to be the first person to get to the center uh 
you just basically stuck on me like, oh, I need help. But I'm just like, it's a labyrinth. You got a wand. You can cut through everything. Like, everything. Point to the knot and then just do um, the fodio. Oh, so uh, you wanted some cheating. This isn't cheating. It's a labyrinth. Like, why should I go through? That's the whole point. The whole purpose of a labyrinth is that it avoids the shortest route, right? The shortest right. route is to just walk straight. But the labyrinth is like, what, that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to just uh-huh. have you go twist and turn in a dead end and be stuck in a place that seemingly you can't remember where you're going. But interestingly enough, they don't, um, traditionally, labyrinths are part of children's book when it comes to magical tasks and whatever. Yeah. Uh, like even in Greek mythology, you had the famous yeah. labyrinth. It's in there. Yep. And usually they mark a spot. But this doesn't happen here, interestingly enough. They just kept Harry just kept going. Like usually they mark a spot to avoid coming back to a spot knowing that they'd already been there. But yeah. Harry was like, Nope, we know what we're gonna do. And I think at one point, I think he does cut through um he does cut through a portion of it, right? I think to avoid mm-hmm. the spider and whatever. So I that's what I'm saying, like, you know, just like whoop, let me just conjure huge big shares and just like whoop, cut through right here, cut through right here. And see what happens next. And like, if I see danger, just build a wall, build a wall, build a wall, <laughs> build, you know, like, I'll move the labyrinth around. But, you know, that would have been too simple. That's not how we do that. No, but... you don't get to do that. <laughs> no, and I think, and, and I also don't, you know, we also don't know, um, should you try to do anything but what the rules have told you to do, you know, what, what, what magical spells have been placed um, what magical protections have been placed on this labyrinth? That because magical that contract be, again, right? Exactly. Oh boy! You know, so you know, you just don't know. And if, by this point, you know, when you don't adhere to it, you know, like you nearly drown, like in the second, <laughs> the second one. Right. Um, so when you when you step up, when you try to do something that's not according to the rules, um, you know, it gets even more dangerous. We've already talked about how dangerous this whole thing is. But it gets even more dangerous if you don't do it the way they tell you to. Mm, Deb, I, I, I think we're going to have to be like, danger was very apparent. Well, one, that people were dying at said event. And we decided, right. let's bring this back, right? Let's, <laughs> let's, right. But we got, we, we did something that we don't say quite clearly what it is we did, right? And imagine, right, right that this is the thing that they did to avoid death. And the first path is nesting dragons. I mean, what was the first task? You had to run through like a gauntlet. With like people were firing Avada Kedavra spells at you at the first task, like avoid the dead rays and then see how right. you could. Like I'm just thinking, what else could be much more clear in present danger than a fire exactly. breathing dragon trying to protect its egg, and your task is to get one of those said eggs. Like okay, like you'd be blood crazy. So in the end. It came to the, we are under the impression um, Cedric sees um, Crumb attacking Fleur and Crumb attempts to attack Cedric and Harry, if I'm not mistaken, you ladies can correct me, Harry stuns Cedric, um, stuns Victor and Mm -hmm. they send up Spark because of Lloyd Blast and it's screwed. We're not going to get into Hagrid teaching um, pedagogy because I'm like, bro, what I thought was weird about this I guess I just always assumed and I don't even know why 
but at the beginning they're like just send sparks from your wand um and someone will come and rescue you right right there was always this underlying thought for me that it had to come from your wand I would I remember reading this for the first time and they're like should we send up sparks I was nervous that because it was going to come from not Victor's wand that one of them were going to be taken out it just didn't seem right that they could kind of throw up the sparks and leave because then anybody could you could have run into anyone accidentally and they did that to you intentionally right like but right. but, I, I'm, but I'm assuming I, that, that you had to, to remain there that that well that you, they, they, well, I'm, I'm looking at up. the page i'm looking at the page and they just you know after you know crumb um um after he supervised crumb and then they send the sparks up he just cedric just does it just raises his wand and he yeah, got so a shower of red sparks into the air I just, I thought it was understood probably that if you needed help, you needed to send it. I don't know. Right. That, that was just right. something that well, I I'm thought assume, was well, I, I, That I, I was weird for the me. the principle there that I think what she assumed would have, what we were supposed to expect that we would imagine is the situation is that whoever sends up the spark would remain in that spot. It's like well, yeah, that's there, obvious right? now, but I do remember right. reading it for the first time thinking, oh, no, oh, no, you're going to get in trouble because that came from your wand. You're going to disqualify yourself. I remember distinctly thinking that, like, I oh, saw crap, that I would... don't do it. Right. I Leave him there. Like, someone will find him, you know? But the interesting thing, um, here we have Cedric using a nonverbal spell, um, mm-hmm. which I think everybody should have been able to do that since the year one, but a whole other conversation. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because, but anyway, yeah. So, so Harry and Cedric remain um, alone in the labyrinth. Viral candidates. There will be a Hogwarts champion, and they get to, and Cedric is about to be um, eaten by the Devil Snares. I think it was vines come out of some nowhere, and he is saved. And Harry being Harry, that he is the noble Harry, which is one of the things I think we look, we overlook in Harry sometimes. In often always wanting to share the glory when put on the spot. He, I think the, the singular glory is thrust upon him, as opposed mm-hmm. to when if asked, he would he would never say. It's just me, right? Because it, I don't it's even, honestly, I, I don't know that it's that. I think it's this inherent goodness for him to not want to see other people hurt, because that's when it comes out the most in this book, right? He doesn't want to yeah. leave Hermione in Florida, of course, little sister, because he's worried that they're, you know, that someone's not going to rescue them. He's genuinely worried about them. And in this case, he's worried that Cedric is going to be hurt. I don't think it's so much of being willing to share the glory. I don't think that's his motivation. Well, I think it's well, just well, this. Well, they, they, I, I mean, in that situation, yes. But in this situation, because what I mean is that um, like he wanted to win the galleon, right? He spoke about in the beginning, you know, like, oh, I would love to win the money, right? And mm-hmm. be the Hogwarts champion, and also to be the Triwizard champion. And there were times when, you know, like he was boneheaded enough to think that, you know, like, oh my God, this is real, right? That they could drown down here. Like, you know, the hour 
he doesn't think that they're drowning now. He thinks that they were drowned after he's drowning, which is interesting. But mm-hmm. the um, interesting thing is, is that what is that when in the moment he doesn't he doesn't take the rein to beat Harry Potter. He's always willing. He looks around for his friend. Yeah, that he could have just touched the cup. That was the opportunity to to take it, right? But he's just mm-hmm. like, no, it isn't. This isn't what it is. And again. He told Cedric um, about the dragon. Like, he believes in fairness. And it, again, because he could have, if he really and truly, which he does want, I, I don't I don't think he doesn't want the glory just the same. But he believes in, um, he's much more, in certain instances, believe, you know, like, let's share the wealth and the, 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 the notoriety around. Because though it seems as if it's Harry Potter, and you know everything everything is just Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Like the 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 Death Eaters are aware that there's Harry Potter and friends that we need to go after, right? Like we would see that in book seven, right? Because specific things had to have been done to give the impression that Harry was alone. Because they know that they would look for it's always Harry and friends. So the impression that is often given is that, you know, it's Harry Potter, famous Harry Potter. But in fact, you know, Harry Potter is famous, and in some respects, so are his friends. Um, Harry well, Walton wants to share the glory. It's interesting that um, as I'm looking at the the passage when he tells Cedric to go ahead, um, he th- he reflects. He says Cedric had beaten him to it, just as he'd beaten Harry to ask Cho to the ball. So mm-hmm. you're starting to see a little bit of that um, wah, th- wah, that wah. kind of grown up male. <laughs> Uh, competition um, that's 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 you know f- fighting for um, the lady the, f- the fair lady so to speak or mm-hmm. fighting for you know it's moving beyond just the, the stuff of the glory or those kinds of things he wants to be seen a certain way by Cho and he this is also not going to happen because he's going to um, his, his leg is hurting he can't run and he just feels like go ahead you know, you, you, I wouldn't have, if we, if we ran right now, I wouldn't make it. Right. So he decides to just to go ahead. And it's so funny because you were just talking about this, but he says, he says to Cedric, don't be noble, which we always think of Harry being the noble one. And he says to Cedric, stop being noble, just take it and we can get out of here. Right. And also, a thing that we overlook, um, two things, but well, one interesting that that Harry is recognizing that he's having far too easy a time to get through the labyrinth. There is a foreboding, there's a, there's a sense mm-hmm. of like, yes. he, is, he, he recognizes that he's in a false sense of security. He's like, by now, I should have faced an obstacle at this point. Um, this is going way too smoothly. And he is, fear is building up in him, and it's also injecting us with fear, which I think is one of the interesting things that J.K. Rowling does with the task, that in many instances, she doesn't let us be spectators of the task. She puts us squarely in Harry's shoes so that we yeah. can, so that we feel exactly we're caught up in the moment with him, that there is no letting up that, though, they, though we have a third person, omnipotent, omniscient, um, um, narrator, we as the reader somehow are often left in. We feel that we're currently we're in the present moment with Harry, 
even though it's in passing. And she does a, a, a good job in, in, in doing that. So I thought that was out of interesting that he he's recognizing, uh-uh, he knows, you know, it's the final pages of the book. There's, going, there's both things about to pop off, like no matter what, you know what I mean? <laughs> Harry is, <laughs> you know that, you know, you know, back in the day when they had those TV dramas, when it's 10 to the hour, you notice know is when things are about to pop off, the climax is about to come. We're going to find out they're going to try to do that one thing that's going to get them caught. We're going to all will be revealed. And but Harry, unfortunately, doesn't. We even know, most so know that things are about to get crazy. Somehow we imagine it's going to be crazy. And Harry and Cedric grab holes to the cup. And Harry is realizing immediately he can't let go of the cup. And the cup is a port key. And it's taking them elsewhere. I mean, did you, you know what I that? love about that moment? What's that? I love that moment. Because it just brings us to another instance of, um, you knew it was a port key as soon as Harry says he felt a pull from his belly button. Because that's exactly how it was described in the beginning of the book when they go to the Quidditch World Cup. And I I just love how J.K. Rowling does that. She's so damn good at that. You think that you're getting this little insignificant detail, and then boom, here it is again. And it's much more significant. You know exactly what's going on because the hint has already been dropped. And I just love that. I, you know what? I love it even more when I catch it because, you know, I miss those little details. But I did catch that. <laughs> I remember catching uh-huh. that in the first time I read it. Like, oh, shit, where are they going? Yeah, and I think, and even they two, uh, um, they two are caught up in this. So this is what I'm saying. Like, for everyone at this point, we're going something, something's just happening here that we've never imagined, right? We saw the, right. I think you just mentioned it. We saw the poke in the beginning, poke in just like, oh, I'm taking you from one place to another, whatever. But this is taking us, we almost feel like they're taking us from one world into a whole other world, right? Because this yeah. is the first time yeah. Harry is basically leaving the school compound directly into the magical world without being aware of it, into the non magical world without being aware of it. And he is in a graveyard. He's aware of this. Someone, it's his scar is pounding, things I get in. He is scared. And he's the one who tells Cedric, get your wand out. Because Cedric, who earlier, remember earlier, Cedric was the one who showed remarkable recovery from the port key. Cedric is the one now seeming to be exasperated, um, exhausted, mm-hmm. and thrown about because of the port key. And Harry has to, I think Harry doesn't even. Um, Harry wanted to the side or something like that. Like he does this, oh God, he does this thing all the time. It's what drives me insane about this world. The <laughs> only thing that can save you is this piece of stick, and you people drop this like it's a pencil. Like <laughs> I don't understand this. You know what I mean? Um, and this is one of the most brutal. Well, yes, one of the most is. brutal scene. It perhaps might be the most brutal scene. I think. Um, it is. Okay. It is. <laughs> I'm going. You think? <laughs> no, I, I mean I, I, I was thinking that because because we would we would see we would see similar situ we will we will end the well, book basically um, in thing, but what I um because I think he says Voldemort says which I thought was just cruel and callous and he says kill the spear yeah. and I was just like right. that. 
are you talking about somebody? And it was so it was so quick. Yeah. The right. way from the time they the, from the time they land in the graveyard and Harry's looking around and he's you know he's thinking about um he's seeing something he realizes somebody's coming and then he hears that that kill the spare and then he hears a noise the green light and it's over for Cedric. Yeah, they don't even have time to react. They really they don't. have no time to react. But it's really kind of and when when you think about pacing in literature, um, you know, the, the way that this is this like cuts like a knife because there is no time at all yeah. to come mm. to grips with what has happened. Even you as a reader don't have any time because that's what I mean. just like yeah. oh that's so sorry. Yeah, that, that was what I was that was what I was thinking that as a reader, you know, it's just so fast and it just almost heart stopping the way she used pace right there and um, to to just kind of make you feel viscerally just what, what danger Harry is in now. This is somebody yeah, because, who will I mean, hesitate. Yeah. In, in a different type of story, it would have been kill the spare and Harry heard it coming and they thought like, oh my gosh, right. what do I do? And they try to move, but it's too yeah. late. Like there would have been this this thought dialogue at the very least in between mm-hmm. that and Cedric actually being killed. And it's yeah, it's cool. immediate and you're just like, Oh shit. And it brings you back to that moment. Like this is a children's book. Wow. Um, and, and it doesn't even because um, the people, the, the people literally treat Cedric is literally treated like a spare tire, like, like, like a, not even a spare tire. You don't need you him. Have use for a spare tire. He's treated right. like unwanted paper, like trash. Exactly. Because we don't even, we don't even, Harry doesn't even have time to deal with that, uh, moan that, react to that. We don't even have to. We're moving mm-hmm. on to something even more crazier. Right. Something even more, well, I don't know if it's more sinister. But, you know, like, it just keeps, it just keeps piling on. Because I was just like, um, I remember reading this the first time. I'm almost sure I can remember exactly where I was when I read this particular part. And I was like, uh, this boy has to get up. Like, surely we, we, we didn't just kill a child and just left him there like he was like piece, like he was trash. Like, are we treating? I don't know whether I was mad at her. I was mad at I was just mad at everybody, basically, at this point. I was just like, that isn't rubbish. You people left behind there. Like, that is a, that is someone who was like, the none of these children should have been in this situation, right? They had nothing, whatever you, whatever qualm issue, what was going on here, none of these children were supposed to be here and be involved in this mess. Just whatever this is. This is this is not okay. This is, this is, this is, I mean, and I guess it, it, it's maybe to underline, and I think um, we should point out, we had a discussion about this, that it's very clear from the text that it's Wormtail who killed Cedric not Voldemort, and we're gonna have issues with the Wandish situation. Yeah, um, that is, a, I think, is an overlooked I, issue. So let let's since we're there, let's discuss it. But I never, I never noticed that. I have read this book many, many times. I have now listened to it many, many times, and I never questioned it, even though it clearly says. One voice says in a high screeching manner, and another voice says Avada Kedavra. Right. I always, 
I, and then, I don't and know. And then it says I, later on, the voice. Well, the right? problem, Referring yes. to the initial voice. Says but the problem something. with it, I mean, I guess I realized that it was Wormtail. My issue with it, though, is because I, you know, we realized talking amongst ourselves, I was confused between what happened in the books and what happened in the movie, because the movie makes it make sense. Um, it, so in the movie, once Voldemort returns to his body, he says, Wormtail, my wand, and he gives him his wand, which gives a, gives the watcher the impression that even though Wormtail is the one who killed Cedric, that he did it with Voldemort's wand. Clearly, that's not what happens in the book when you go back and look at it carefully. So then when, when Harry and Voldemort are dueling and the, um, the echo happens and Cedric comes out of Voldemort's wand, really that should have never happened, right? Nope. That's, yeah. Right. So that was like a huge mistake. And then Voldemort tells every, or uh, I'm sorry, Dumbledore tells everyone Voldemort killed Cedric Diggory, which, you know, he gave the command and essentially it was him, but logistically in all reality, it wasn't him. So that's weird. That seems like a really, really, really big thing to get wrong. Right. But I imagine what I would say for Dumbledore's defense, uh, not defense, I would imagine Harry would have reported it. As though sure. As, as you know, Voldemort killed but him. But even anyway. as the reader, like strictly as the right. reader, beyond the story, that's that's really big. That, that's that a really big thing build, to get wrong. Right, because you literally build, you've built magical element around this idea, around this yeah. idea. And again, it goes back to that. Um, I just want to point out the parallel, the parallelism. Uh, the, is that what we said in the beginning of the thing? I forgot. Like. We see that there's a sort of a symmetry with the beginning of this book and the end of the book. We see the right. Porti coming back. We see the um, what you might call it, um, Priori Incantatum. Um, we see that coming back here, and we see the graveyard scene. We are back at the same place where we started the book. We are at the end, towards the end of the book, and we are here again. And so you have the and, and those things seemingly innocuous things in the beginning play such key and vital roles and plot points happening in the end, particularly this priori incantatum, which in the beginning was used, was a scene which had to be, it had to be uttered an incantation that was uttered. It was used to condemn someone and here it was, it would appear to save someone, um, to save Harry. And so that whole, but before we even get to that scene, here was Voldemort, here was Dump Voldemort giving us his Shakespearean soliloquy, which was I damn thought, good too. I mean, yes, he was. I mean, <laughs> there, was. Is, there is, this he, is one of those. He's a great storyteller. <laughs> right, exactly. He is. I mean, this is Richard the Third. This is this is this is this is this is drawing from those great. Not saying that J.K. Rowling is Shakespearean here. I'm saying here this is the element she's trying to invoke. Having right. a captured audience. Because there is a captured audience present at the graveyard and there's a captive audience in Osterita. Because 
some of us may have thought, you know, Voldemort would be that figure that forever would be, is that enigma, right? That enigma that would constantly be haunting Harry and Harry, it would always be thwarted. But this time around, oh, it don't look like that's happening, right? Because this is what happened. But before we get that, that we see, let's not get a little bit ahead of ourselves. We see this, this, this murder that had occurred. A child, innocent child had been murdered on the scene, left on the ground as trash. Then we see Harry is gagged and bound, and he is Wormtail cuts off his hand, <laughs> going back to that thing. It will be a service that any of my Death Eaters will give their right hand to perform. Here is Voldemort being literal and, you know, another one of those sort of like Shakespearean twists you sort of put in. And I am thinking of Macbeth, when the witches tell Macbeth, you know, oh, no man born of a woman will kill you. And Macbeth is like, oh, that's cool. And turns out um, Macduff was got was born by cesarean section. Oops. <laughs> that's how you get caught, boo. <laughs> so, um, you have one of those situations here with, with um, one of those sort of like play on words happening here. And that I thought, I was just like, wait a minute. You cut off your hand for in service to this man? Like, this is a kind of fandom and worship and loyalty that is just bloody insane. Well, yeah, it's a cult. And, but, and it's but really, the odd thing the, is that... Go ahead, Deb, sorry. I was going to say, Wormtail's, um, all of Wormtail is about is fear. Because <laughs> one of the things that we see every step of the way... He is he's he's nervous, he's twitching, he's crying, he's moaning. He's he's not somebody who's like, Yeah, I'm doing this for my master. He Thank really you. feels like, you know, I'm I, I like he has no other alternative. Where else right. am I gonna go? And I've gotta do this and I'm terrified. I'm terrified something's gonna go wrong and I'm gonna be blamed for it. So, you know, he it's really not just and this know. Kind of confident, you know, taking care of business for my master. But Sirius tells us at the end of the book, prior to this, everything you do is out of fear. And you're always latching on to someone more right. powerful. Somebody stronger. Somebody someone stronger. stronger yes. Someone more powerful that's going to get you through something. And here he is again, essentially in the same situation. You know, for all these years, he latched on to the Weasley family. And that was his protection. And now he's he's been outed. So what is he going to do? Well, they're going to kill me if they find me. If Sirius and Lupin find me, they're going to kill me or they're going to send me to Azkaban. And I'm going to be with the Dementors, well, every, all of these things that we know he's afraid of. Right. I mean, he's clearly right. scared and he's begging. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. So at this point, his only option is to go back to Voldemort. And, and I love, <laughs> I, I, but I love how all through this book, whenever we see the Voldemort Wormtail conversations, he all Voldemort always brings this up. Always, he says, "You don't, you can't stand to look at me. I can see that you are repulsed. You know, I know that you are fearful. I know that you would leave if you could, but you know that you can't." Like he reiterates everything. That Sirius told him well, all the way up until this very moment. He continues to do that. Well, there's a rather interesting. Um, the both of you point out something I thought was rather 
interesting and because Deb, I was just about to say that, right? That Wormtail seems like the person who is the least devout and like a, a, a pure, just, you know, like one of those like obsequious up, um, yeah. worshipper. He's not that person. He's just seeking out the powerful person in the room and so that he can get cover, right? From whether it's his own, I don't know what necessarily is, whether it's his inadequacies he's trying to cover or perhaps his other own devilish ways, right? Because he can he's always trying to save his life. Well, well, I mean, he killed 13 people. You could have put off that spectacular thing of, you know, blaming Sirius because it was easy to blame Sirius, right? It would, because mm-hmm. the, everyone assumed that Sirius was this. Well, do we know this? Yes, we do know this. that Sirius was the secret keeper. It would have been easy to assume that Sirius was the person to do that. He just had to make himself disappear. But Wormtail killed 13 people with his spell. So there seems to be, for me, I always took it one. Sirius never liked um, Wormtail. Couldn't stand him. But it was James who yeah, liked uh, Sirius. Yeah, who, yeah. who liked Wormtail. Um, Lupin just went along to get along. Lupin just like, whatever. W- w- Wormtail is like um, Hermione. Girl, yeah, uh, Harry. Girl, yeah, certainly I'll be for yourself. Okay, just don't involve me in this shit. I'm just, I'm cool with everybody. I'm just, I'm just happy I got three friends who love me despite me being a wolf. Okay, I'm just cool with everyone. That's, that's looping in this conversation. Serious is like, James, that motherfucker is full of shit. Like, trust right. me. Wormtail is a double dealer. But James is just like, nah, he's cool, whatever the case. Because I'm sure Wormtail is the only one in that group. Who is treating uh, James like he's a god? Because the other yeah. two were just as smart as James, right? <laughs> they were or like, they are, they're all equals. They feel they were like all the three of them equal. were all equals. Well, and the only and this is another, you know, from time to time we get these little glimpses of things that aren't exactly flattering to James. And yeah. so it's not just that he's like feeling sorry for someone who doesn't have any friends. He's also basking in that kind of hero worship. Yep. That Wormtail has for him, so you know, and it 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 stands to reason that and he's an only um, child, right? And it stands to reason that he, that this would be you know this figure in the destruction of him, his and his son, and everything else that because he really doesn't have the purest of motives for letting Wormtail hang around them. Right. It, it isn't just loyalty here. He's looking for the worship idol. Cause he, Wormtail, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying, he's enjoying you know, it. And Wormtail knows this. Wormtail knows Wormtail is a flatterer. I mean, right. and even though the most skillful um, Logelimans that is out there is aware of this, Wormtail makes, is capable of making himself useful. Yeah. In yeah. whatever capacity. Which is why somebody has always kept him around. Right. right. He is. He always proves to be useful in a situation. He can get at being a rat. He can get in places. He gets places you know that you I don't want to go, and you can. And, and he only he can get to. So I love when Voldemort is in the middle of his soliloquy, and <laughs> he says, he basically says Wormtail's stupid. I know you caught that. Right. He's like, right. You, know that you don't <laughs> have that kind of. You can't have that kind of magic. I need it. You don't. You don't have the ability to do this. You well, proved yourself far more useful than I ever imagined you would be. Right. <laughs> I he love that. Like, I'm like, you he know, is just dogging you over. Well, he. Over. Well, I mean, he dogs everyone, right? I mean, you would, you, you, we, we we would see this again, right? That, that mm-hmm. when when Voldemort speaks, 
he's cutting to the bone, right? And again, he's so good at it, man. He's like that person that tells you off and you're not even sure if you're getting complimented or told off. It's not even, even, no, I I think it goes beyond that. When Voldemort is talking to you, you feel like shit. Like you are just completely inadequate. And I mean, like, and the thing about it is that you're taking it from someone who looks like him, right? That he's revolting to look at. He's not the person you're going to seek, but he's not only powerful and devious and whatever the case may be, but he's able to draw you into his madness and mayhem, right? Because he has a whole bunch, not only does he have a whole bunch of worshippers, he has a whole bunch of sympathizers. Well, a whole and bunch of people I are think that trying on to the Voldemort bandwagon. I think it's very clear when the Death Eaters come in there in the circle and he addresses them uh, person by person. That they're all feel fearful, and they are there because they're fearful. This is not loyalty. They are afraid, and that's why yeah. they show up. The only person, or the only people who are truly there out of loyalty, are not really there. And we know, you know, that's Barty Crouch Jr. And then we find out later. Well, he even says here the Lestrange. So we, the people who are well, there, they're scared. And you know, Karkaroff, he he takes off. I do find it interesting. But but, that but Snape you know, wasn't in that circle. How did know, he? How how does did anybody? Did you guys give that a lot of thought? I mean, how well, do how do you get to summons your Death Eaters, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody that shows up is going to show up. And he is certainly in that moment questioning loyalty and and also, you know, telling them, I know what you did while while I was unable to have a body. Like I am aware of everything that was going on. But Snape is not there. We never really find out how that all went down, which is unusual because Dumbledore or not Dumbledore. We, I think we do find we out. Do, later. We do find out. We, we find out everything. But I, I I think you will. I thought what you were saying. Um, I'm struck by the, the thing that you mentioned just before this is that really and truly, none of these people are technically loyal. They all they out of fear. The ones who yeah, can express right. loyalty, they're stuck in they're stuck in Azkaban. There ain't nothing else you got to do. But at this point, you can't renounce him because no one no one's gonna believe your apology. Right? right, you're stuck in this place, right? But for everyone who is out, he's right. No one came to look for him. Yeah. No one. Mm-hmm. No one came to look for him in any place. And where he was wasn't really necessarily a secret. I just, I just, in this been. moment, in this moment, I just found it odd that nobody mentions Snape. No, I, I think it, it, it is, it is mentioned there. It is mentioned. She doesn't. She's not very clear in the instance here and how it's 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 um thing, but it is mentioned. It is it is assumed that one of the people he's talking about who left my service forever, it's mm-hmm. who it's who he's talking about here. I thought that was Karkaroff. I think that no, mentioned think so. because, I think it's because oh really? It's so him. tell me why? Because I always thought that was Karkaroff. I've never considered that to be Snape. Otherwise, how because, does Snape get back in his good graces and continue to play spy for Dumbledore? Well, that was the beauty. You, you see, you're trying well, to get us way ahead to different okay. books. Okay, all right. Already. I'll just I'll but, wait. We'll come back to this when well, it's it, time. It, it, it would be a thing I, to but, um yes, because this soliloquy is the only time that Voldemort really talks and. 
the thing and interesting enough, the thing that was supposed to be a secret, this becomes the problem, right? This soliloquy will be part of his downfall. Because this yeah, is the moment not. where he has revealed so much information, information that he he, he is unaware that he's actually saying this because Voldemort, if it's anything, he likes grandeur, he's flashy, and he loves that moment in the sun, right? Because it's well, constantly... I can't talk about this because I really always thought in this moment he was talking about Carver. Well, he says... Because he, he said before. Six, he says we have six missing Death Eaters, three dead in my service, one too cowardly to return. He will pay. I thought that was Karkaroff. One who I believe has left me forever, he will be killed, of course. And one who remains, and I thought that was Snape. Okay. And one who remains what? My... And one who remains my most faithful servant and who has already re-entered my service. Isn't that um, Barty Crouch? Right, yeah. but the thing about it, he doesn't, there are spaces that he walks by and don't mention. There are empty spaces he walks by. He doesn't address yeah, that's everyone. Too, that and I think people. one of those spaces is um, we would find out is Sirius's brother. Because remember, no one knows everyone, supposedly. Right. No one was supposed to, supposedly, it's what they said, no one was supposed to know right. who everyone was. Right. But this, this to me seems crazy. Because if that were the case, he then attempts to summon them all there. Right? Mm-hmm. But they wear like, masks. Right. So right, we but, don't but, know how he addresses them always. Like he goes person by person and, and calls them by their name. Them by name. But we don't know. I mean, we I, I was okay with that. And it made sense that nobody ever truly knew. I I I took that to mean we knew who some of each other were, but we never who knew who all of each other were. And that was I was fine with that. I didn't think that that was strange or anything. Um, I thought it was a smart tactic. And given the fact that they wear masks, you know, when they meet, um, if he doesn't want, clearly, clearly, if he doesn't want you to speak, you don't fucking speak. So if he were to summon everybody there, everyone has a mask on in these big hoods or whatever, you may think that you recognize someone, but if no one uses their voice and he never speaks to you, how would you really know? I, I was... I didn't question that at all. I never did. That they didn't all know who each other were. I really didn't. I think uh, some of them, yeah, I think that there were some of them that were already um, um, cohorts, like Malfoy and the Crab and, and Goyle. Um, the same way that that um, Draco was friends with their sons. Right. Um, I think we knew that some of them were already like friendship units. Yeah. That, um, that were interacting with each other, even in Voldemort's absence. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought that sure. was, that whole scene was um was rather, like I said, the, theatrically it worked. I mean, the hooded figures—they're all there. The whole he addressing them—they're all there in fear. But let's just go back a little bit before with the spell and the the cauldron and the brewing and other because to me. The, the trauma of just seeing your mm-hmm. well, your friend, your classmate, your school friend dead, and then right. you being cut. I mean, that whole scene, when I was reading it again this time around, it was really the whole trauma of the situation. For the very first time, I, I took myself out of the whole being a spectator and watching this whole crazy scene happening. 
and became Harry for the very first time. And I was like, and oh, my shitting God. This not to mention the grave desecration that goes right. on so you can get the bone. So Wormtail could which get is, the bone. Which is interesting because this grave desecration will return again. And, and for them, mm-hmm. it is a crazy thing. Yeah. It, it, is, it is one of those unspeakable acts, which is, you know, like this desecration of a grade in the magical world is as we would, in fact, it seems to be far more taboo in the magical world. I mean, because we in in the real world, we just say great robber. That's what they do, right? Yeah. <laughs> great robbers mm-hmm. do this all the time. But for these people, it's almost like you're, though, not mentioned, you're interred in another magical being that even in death, you will not let someone have, have rest. And that's right. the right. that you are moving into a realm beyond um, ordinary magic. You, you, you have... You've lost your magical ethics again, again, right? You've lost the plot. Like you are really beyond the pale at this point. Well, and I thought you that know, was Voldemort is definitely um, he was already a psychopath, but now he has lost any ties to humanity. Yeah. When he is when he's resurrected, um, he has no more ties to humanity, um, except as they are tools for his power. I just found this so interesting, and we'll come back to it at the very end. What he looked like when they when he was dropped in the cauldron. Yeah. Right, and again, that would be we would that would be played. We would see that scene again later exactly. on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go any further, there is a thing that we sort of overlooked. Um, we kept overlooking in the very beginning of the book. Voldemort is aware, or gets the impression that Harry can see what he's doing. That the share is psychic link. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That's in the very first book when I think somehow he screams and he says his screams or my scream and they were all screaming. Right. And I think, which would be that thing we would, just to bear in mind because that will become a thing in the, the next book. Yeah. But yeah, to me, this was, I mean, I put myself in Harry's shoes and sitting there thinking, Oh my God, the trauma of this whole like oh my this I would have been like the fuck the fuck like I would have been like well, this and is we insane. see that Harry we see that Harry is scared you know when mm-hmm. when Wormtail finally drops Harry's blood into the cauldron and he's saying please let it go wrong Drop, please let him right. let it go please wrong yes let it go yes you know that he's scared you know that he knows he's in very this human moment, here right there's nothing. Yes can do there's nothing he can do he has he has no sort of inkling of a plan to get out of this mess i mean he's tied up right and what's he he's surrounded by death eaters what what is he gonna do no 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 at this point at this point no he's not well he was untied and he's been cut but i mean like really where's he gonna go is he gonna run like he knows he can't run away he is stuck he knows he's stuck and all he can do is hope with every fiber of his being that something doesn't work and then oh shit it does and for me here he doesn't get untied until after the death eaters come back right Um, he doesn't get and he's he's still he's still um tied up tied to the to the uh gravestone and then when he has when when um Voldemort has Wormtail untie him and he thinks, you know, for there was a split second perhaps when Harry might have considered running for it but his injured leg shook under him as he stood on the overgrown grave 
as the Death Eaters closed ranks, forming a tighter circle around him and Voldemort, so that the gaps where the missing Death Eaters should have stood were filled. Well, and the other thing here for me was Harry recognized I mean, for me, this time around when I read it, it's not just the, the, the trauma, but the humanity of that. How much of a human? Because at this point, I'm sure Harry just like, fuck this magic shit. Like, even as a human or a magician or a wizard, sorry, all of this is be- it's crazy. Yeah, like, this right. This whole scene is just beyond what anyone would ever expect. Right. That would happen. Yeah. Three minutes ago, yeah. I was in. I, I was in school playing a game to win a tournament, win a tournament <laughs> right, you know, playing right. a game and next second my friend is killed now that's not that's, that's, that he died you know he was killed not yeah. an accident he was murdered in front of me next to me i am hauled into this crazy planet spell which was just like it is it's where i recognize as i was reading the books the first time and maybe the second time that I was reading all of the book, it's where I recognize that something is, something has happened to Harry, that Harry is somewhat broken inside. Mm-hmm. That I recognize the, the, the trauma oh, of the yeah. abuse and the whatever trauma. the case uh-huh. may be. But I think this was what sort of like, I do only now when I read it, I recognize that this is what we call trauma. But that scene, remember reading that, I just, just like, oh my, this, this this child is broken like i do not like in the fifth book when he was you know angry i was just like okay yeah this, this can, makes sense yes this, this is like and again here's some chocolate and here is some sleeping potion boo like this is this is crazy like i mean for all of this shit to me that no one addressed before whatever but this no one addressed this which I, this is why it clearly showed me that the magical world was not capable of handling any kind of crisis. Just when you none. say no one addressed this, what what is this exactly? You mean what the you... trauma of watching Cedric? Right. And then because... what happened in the graveyard? Yeah, because he's just. Well, I don't think home. this was something that anybody really predicted. You well, know, no. there was even, the... even after it is known. I mean, I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I just want to say that for me, um, it's just just because this is a big thing. I mean, like we sort of like overlook this because we're like Voldemort is evil you know oh my god it's part of the plot you know like he had to come back but I mean this whole not this way right right this whole thing because he says this right there are other ways in which I can come back but this this is what I want it to be this is what I want it it has to be this way Wormtail would have had me use any old wizard because I have so many enemies but it had to be this yeah well no but, well not only that but that, not only that that this was a, this because he, he says something right that you know like there were other things that he wanted to do but he decided to say forgo those situation that he would settle for his old body back mm-hmm. because he was looking to reform into something else but he's settling for his old body back and in order to do that, he decided this was the plan I will do. And, and this is our first hint at Horcruxes, because he says to the Death Eaters, some of you know the lengths that I've gone to to defeat death. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, too, we, we have um, not only just Horcruxes, I thought. I thought that we had this whole ideas being laid out of how Voldemort and Harry are linked and 
connected doubly and triply and overly and like they're connected in ways beyond which we can even keep track of right that this this man has basically he keeps because Vol Dumbledore had already put that in place in book two he passed some of himself on to you mm-hmm. right it's why you can be a possible mouth right their wands were connected right Harry's first visit into the magical world he's told the murderer the one who attempted to kill you and murdered your parents guess what boo you got his wand his twin or you or you all are his twin wands right twin wands yeah like y'all are connected boo even furthermore <laughs> you know what i mean like even let's connect the dots right the case may be and they have a psychic link together and here with that they share blood that literally yeah. Harry's mother's blood and harry's mm-hmm. blood are connected I mean, right. some psychoanalysis would connect this thing. I'd be like, this is kind of homosexual ped- pedophilia kind of a thing going on here. <laughs> but we don't have the expertise or the, or the range to dealt with this situation. But it is, but if you think of them, um, like typically comic books, or even like one of these like great, whenever people like to set up as um, Tony Morrison likes to call it, dressing up evil, right? As characters yeah. are dressed up, when we're dressing up evil, there is always a connection with the hero and the, 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 the villain, right? And it's always bound up in beyond in psychological and physical that no one seems to want to be, no one seems to be able to do the quick draw thing. You know, I hate to just kill you and be done with it. No, they seem to like to draw this out and connect themselves, intersect themselves over and over and over and over and over again. In so many ways that you almost think, why don't y'all just kiss and make up? Right. But the crazy thing is that this isn't two adults going on here. That yeah. let's not forget that this man has a vendetta against a child. Right. A child. And, but he, 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 he's at the at the same time he has a vendetta against the child. He is also eager to prove that he is more than this child. Uh, right. So you know because because of the story. You know that that is out there that somehow Harry Potter defeated the Dark Lord. He feels that he has to prove that that's not true, that that's not that's not exactly what happened. That was some old magic. That was you know it was just something that um, he wants to set to rights because he doesn't like that narrative that's out there because that is one thing that shows a weakness, and he wants to set that narrative straight. So. I'm, you know, I, that that's why I think he doesn't feel un- the unevenness because he feels like, well, everybody's out there talking about this kid stopped me. Right. I need to make sure that people understand that that's not exactly what's going on. But and so I'm not only not only I'm going to not only I'm not only going to kill him. I have to humiliate him. I have to dominate him. To and prove, witnesses have to be a present. And witnesses have to be here so that they can take the story back. That the Dark Lord, that you know, this may have been a blip on the screen, but the Dark Lord is ultimately the one that's in charge. And Reels, you talk about that whole thing about the hero and the villain. That goes all the way back to the Bible and the fallen angel. Right. You know, I mean, so you and that's devil that's, and Jesus. Yeah, and and but it's really about the the Satan being one of the angels who fell, you know, who fell. So you you have that connection always back to the garden and always back to the beginning so that the hero and the villain came from the same place. Right. And and this is what I thought was um interesting for me 
is is what what does help with sort of underscore um for him is just that he is. I mean, the funny bit, you know, just like, you know, I'm going to do this, you know, and yeah, I could run and tell y'all little friends that, right? You know, that like, I got rid of Harry Potter. But the crazy thing is that we know in the magical world that nobody by the mayor of Harry Potter took any kind of solace or look any strength in the fact that Harry still exists. That no one was just like, well, Voldemort ain't shit, right? Because a little baby no. got hit that no, last but, night. No, but no but one was also, saying that. They're not saying that, but, they're, but they did celebrate that this baby defeated Wolf Voldemort. Yeah, they, they did. We know that. Well, we know they celebrated it. They they celebrated it when it happened. It went down in their magical lore. That they don't know how it. They took to the streets and celebrated. Right. We know that. Yeah. I mean, all of that happened. But what I am saying is just that his name still uttered fear that the magical world did not even stop acknowledging that he should not be named. That he, you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't just like, well, fuck Voldemort. My baby got his ass last time around. But I think like, it was that whole don't speak it into existence. Well, that I mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying, right? Because I understand Dumbledore all of that. But to me, always, Dumbledore never assumed in, that he was gone forever. Well, several people didn't assume that either, right? So, what yeah. I thought, the ones that talk is, about it lets us know that there had to be a bigger audience that thought he was defeated for the moment. Right, but Voldemort here is clearly, it is clearly classic, classic overcompensation. Boo, you're doing way too much. Way too much. Like, this, I don't even know it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's over the top. Like, there were so many times, yeah, I could have run and snatch Harry. I mean, at the, um, the, tri- the, the, the British World Cup. Oh, that's not true. Because we would find out that he didn't know Voldemort was out there as yet. Um, but, I mean, I just thought the whole scene spectacular, theatrical. But I was just yes. like, Voldemort, like, girl, what the fuck? Well, clearly like, there's some things that have happened that he's not quite aware of, even though they have the connection. Because I think that Voldemort and Harry and Dumbledore learn about the connection between the two of them together. And so... You know, no, 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 no. Dumbledore was always aware of this connection. Right, but, but Harry, but, but Dumbledore, or Voldemort was not. Oh, right. I know he would not right. be aware of that connection. But I would see. But for me, it's like. And Dumbledore in the beginning had theories, but right. as as right. we progress through the story, we find them to be true. He he always suspected, but then there are all these little things that start to happen that lets him know that his theory was true. Well, so, I think this scene is where he would realize. Because I think from here on in, we would see this in book five. Voldemort, Dumbledore has decided what his plan will be. And he is setting, he's put down all those things in, set those things in motion. The the path is clear. This scene, which would be just as a pivotal thing, is why we started focusing on it and we're talking about other books, is that because this is the thing uh, um, that would, because Voldemort, for the first and the only time, he had revealed so much more of himself beyond what um, things that people have uh, Dumbledore would have to spend nearly close to lifetimes trying to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, our years and weeks, and you know, you know, had to go and basically be Columbo trying to find out um, <laughs> what what the real deal is. But so the whole spectacular, you know, the the the, the sinister potion has been created. 
that has happened. Um, Voldemort has been reformed. He's standing there naked, ill, um, needing robes. Um, and, and this whole uh, robe me. I was like, girl, what? Like, uh-uh, boo. Like, you, this whole scene is so uncomfortable in many respects. But he gets his wand, pulls off from his pocket, pulls out his wand. He causes Death Eater. There is that mark on the um, Gromtail's hand. And I'm assuming that had to have been conjured. He put that later on because I'm just like, yeah, I didn't recognize one thing that was a dead teeter when he's wearing the snake on his hand. So I'm assuming that Tramp Stamp is a um, potential. Well, no one was, had seen him. Um, was done. No, well, I mean, before. I'm assuming that had, was done. I would have had no reason to look for it. I, it's it. I, the way that I understood it was um, Wormtail kind of decided to betray. betray everyone late in the game right and um no 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 no. before that he took the before what no the the um they recognized he was someone was passing information for over a year right right but i'm saying like this was at the height of his power that this is going on this was it wasn't like he was playing a double agent for a long long time like in the it because you know in the span of a lifetime, a year is a drop in the bucket. Right. So, so he wasn't he wasn't doing this for a long time, and of course he would have had the dark mark. However, there's also the possibility that maybe he did, but it wouldn't have been that hard to conceal. They wouldn't have had a reason to look for it. I mean, you wear long. We know the robes are long. We know they cover the arms. We know that you have to pull. We see this over and over in this book. You have to pull up your sleeve to show it. It's on the underside of the arm. Um, you know, so I I thought that, that was I didn't I didn't mind it. I didn't question it because I didn't think it would be that hard of a thing to conceal given how we know that they dress in the wizarding world um so I, yeah so i i was fine with that i i didn't i i never questioned like well why didn't they see the dark mark tattoo or whatever we want to call it on his arm i've never questioned that because i don't i don't think that that was something that was happening for you know years and years and years i think it was a rash decision of Wormtails, like who's gonna Who's going to come out on top and what side do I want to be on? Right. Um, so Voldemort conjures... And Voldemort is like he is put in all of the hole. Um, Voldemort gets upset, actually. This is why he's getting ticked off because the, the soliloquy, it's like, you know, one of those like fallen on actors, right? I've done my great soliloquy and now for the finishing bits. But it's not working the way in which you want it, right? Harry's not responding. How he can? He, he does the cruciatus. Harry is, you know, paying, but Harry's still right. He's still up and above. He's able to resist it a little bit. Yeah. No, he, no, he, yeah. no, he feels the pain of the cruciatus curse, but he is still running about the place and be right. But it's right. the Imperius curse. Well, he, he doesn't respond to. He doesn't. The Imperius curse isn't working on um, Harry. Harry's not responding to the Imperius curse. And previous curse, and that is what is irking Voldemort. Yeah, when he wants him to bow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you notice right. Voldemort does this thing where he's offering you something that he has no intention of giving you, 
Maybe that's how he's getting all these daddies to sign up for his gang, right? Just like, oh my god, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let you live. Don't worry. I'm gonna let you fool me. And then kill the grandmother. (laughs) Yeah, let's go through the formalities. Let's do this right. But really, I'm gonna kill you. Exactly. You don't do what I say. He's done this many times before. Right. It has no reason to think that it's not gonna turn out the way that he wants. I mean, because who would think it would, right? Who would think that this powerful wizard? Is gonna duel a child and lose. Right. Especially since this is the first time since Harry was a baby that they were face to face. Um, you know, before right. that, you know, he really had nobody when it was with Quirrell. Um, right. he was he was not he was more like an echo of himself when he was Tom Riddle in mm-hmm. the chamber. So this he figures I got my body back. I got my wand back. I'm gonna get you. And also, I have broke. I have broken the protection. I have broken that physical protection. protection. That was the thing. That's that's the most important part, right? I've covered all my bases, right? That I can literally know because there are two things at play here. Because he tells Harry, "You are protected in more ways wherever where you live." More than I can, I I can't even get you that. You don't even, you're not even aware of how well you're protected in Privet Drive. And I'm right. a, of all the places, which we get another issue here, is that this place that we have seen so much abuse and torment and torture on this child is allegedly the safest place. Not that Hogwarts is that safe, <laughs> but I mean, like we got chances at Hogwarts. Okay, we got, we have magic at Hogwarts, but. This information, and you know what's interesting? None of this information that is being, tons of this information, none of it, Harry isn't able to react. He's numb. Harry yeah, doesn't uh, necessarily have uh, a reaction to any of the, this out of like, even though some of it may go by him, like whatever, you know what I mean? But it's sort of like, he's, he doesn't say, what are you talking about? Protected, like a private drive. You know, like he doesn't, he doesn't respond to anything Voldemort is saying. And I which think is another that's thing a that's understandable. I think that's understandable that he doesn't respond. Well, no, I, it's I don't not get, it's not really getting he's hearing it, but it's not he's not registering it. Well, he just and I, mean, I, like, and I think that's understandable. I mean, his fear is not going to let him absorb what he's hearing. Well, and really, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, "Wait, what? Can you explain that? What's that? Well, 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 that's not going to happen." Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't even, right. to me, I didn't even register fear as opposed to, I'm registering numbness because he's still stuck at Cedric, killed a spare. I mean, I, I know reading that book, that, that words, that, those words have been ingrained in my mind. I don't know whether I'm upset by the justice callousness of it. I'm upset also because I expected something, as Janina points out, you know, like, Something, some other kind of flourish, right? Some of that, some, and um, Deb, you're saying it's time. That's what we, that's, that's what we don't have here right? in that moment, right? We mm-hmm. don't, we didn't have the time to get to that debt and even process the debt. So to me, I am also, stuck being dumb. This is a learning spot for everybody, for the reader, for Harry, for everybody, right. because. Harry doesn't even understand why Dumbledore continues to send him back to Pervert Drive. He almost sees it as like a punishment, a punishment. or something. Just, yeah. You know, it, it being mean to him or something. He's like, well, why do I have to go 
back there, you know, you know how horrible it is to well, me. The, I and mean, Voldemort is the one who confirms that this is where you are the most protective. Even I cannot touch you there. So well, Voldemort that, knows that should Harry escape this moment and get back to Privet Drive somehow, that he's got to, like, start the chase over. Right. He cannot touch him there. So this is something we're all learning together well, as reader for Harry. Touching him under the guise of Dumbledore. Well, there are three things, right? Touching him under the, the nose of Dumbledore is problematic. He can't get him at Privet Drive, and he literally cannot touch Harry. That nothing he until can do. Until the blood, until the exactly. Thing. So he yeah. so he's removed him from Privet Drive, removed him from Hogwarts, and removed the protection. Right. So there was a yeah. triple defense that Harry is only going to be in one of two places. He's either going to be in Hogwarts or he's going to be in Privet Drive. I can't get him there. No how, no way. Blood on no blood protection. Right. That right. we would that we would later see. Right. Uh, we he cannot be in Dumbledore, Dumbledore, that my presence and my magic would be too much. And and from all the drama I've already heard, I can't even get him there. This mischievous little boy, it's kind of hard to get him. He's escaping these little crutches. And actually, he's been in the school already. And he yeah. almost faced death, right? Because touching Harry, he realized he didn't know that the spell, the magic spell doesn't allow him to actually touch him. So all of this. And Voldemort is getting frustrated now because the way in which he saw this play was su- supposed to play out was that Harry was going to be in pain. He was going to make Harry humiliate him, as Deb points out. But the humiliation isn't happening. And he's just like, fuck this shit. I'm over it. I'm over it, boo. We're going, I, I don't want anyone to say I tried to murder a child. We're going to duel. Right? And Harry's mm-hmm. just like, um, what? Okay, the only thing I know. <laughs> Expelliarmus. <laughs> which physically, because I'm like thinking, um, Dumb Voldemort is taller than you, Harry. You're very small. So technically, the spells don't mean in the middle. But you know what? We're not going to address that madness. We're just going <laughs> to accept it for what it is. And because it, it, it implies that the spells happen in, a, in um, the spells work in um along parallel lines right wherever you cast this wherever your wand comes down or wherever however that works anyway we're never getting we're not getting into the very technical magical elements but, but here the, the but the spells met right that's what i'm saying the spells, the spells met. met in midair in so mid-air. so what reels is saying is he thinks like Voldemort should have went over and harry's should have went under no, and they should not have met is that what you're saying no uh, somewhere over it's under whatever the case may be but and also you, you you know me i'm just like Voldemort quit this about a cadaver bullshit just conjure some knives conjure some knives and let him rub let, <laughs> let him. i mean like boo, that shit didn't work for you but this is supposed to be effective this is supposed to be a spell right. that is not i know, get all of that but death no is death okay her. like i, I mean, no, I mean it's never and it's, it's never not i mean it's I'm, I'm never not that it's not. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm not saying Nevada Kadavra isn't effective against the common man, the common wizard, or the common witch. What I'm saying is that boo, that shit didn't work for you. But when we it was know the arrogance of Voldemort. Right. The he, arrogance is, he is telling himself that there was some little, you know, something or other technicality mm-hmm. he didn't foresee in the whole, li- <laughs> the whole, in the whole Lily, you know, love thing. He is. He, 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 he isn't. Is. 
I've conquered that. He said, this is old magic. I didn't think that. I'm done with that. But I've conquered that now. Right. Right. So I got got this. And we realized, oh, he ain't got it because the spells meet in the middle and Fox is singing. I mean, this is a whole, like, this is like the gospel choir coming out. You know, but it was beautiful, though. It. It, it was beautiful. It was, it was such a beautiful, beautiful. passage, though. When, when, the, when he says an unearthly and beautiful sound filled the air, it was coming from every thread of the light spun web vibrating around Harry and Voldemort. It was a sound Harry recognized, though he had heard it only, one, only once before in his life, Phoenix song. It was the sound of hope to Harry, the most beautiful and welcome thing he had ever heard in his life. He felt as though the song was inside him instead of just around him. It was the sound he connected with Dumbledore, and it was almost as though a friend was speaking in his ear. And I mean, that, I just thought that was so beautifully mm-hmm. depicted, and you really felt okay. I felt hopeful, you know. We know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, and we know he's gonna come out, but we you know. know as the reader, we know something, and Harry knows even. Maybe I don't know if Harry recognizes this, but we know as the reader that partially maybe that's happening because they they share that core feather. Well, we don't know it right now because Dumbledore hasn't told us yet. Well, 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 well also we have seen they share, or do we know that? Do we know well, that? This can also be um to for Harry. I'm assuming he. I assume though it is technically happening. Harry is assuming what is happening here is a cycle, is a psychological moment, right? He's having a sort of a hallucination of thoughts because in his last moment, when the last time he faced Voldemort, every time he's faced Voldemort, Dumbledore has come to his rescue. In and some way, shape, or form. In some way, shape, and in form. Some form. The last and time. And sometimes he, through, through Fox. Sometimes I, through Fox. Exactly. The last time he faced Voldemort, because remember in the third book, Voldemort was nowhere to was be not seen. Was not there. Right. Was not right. there. And in the, the last time he faced him, he faced what would be uh, almost real Voldemort, right? Though mm-hmm. being in part echo, but he was fully forming because um, Genie was dying. Right. And Fox came to the rescue. The sound, what, what, what happened first was that he heard the music. And in hearing the music first, he, he gets hope and he says, Dumbledore said that never truly, even though he wasn't at Hogwarts, Dumbledore yeah. had said to him, help would always come when you want For those it. who are truly loyal. Truly right. loyal and whatever the case may be. So you and have. I think, that, I think that when that happens, that's what you think of. But I, I still don't think that's why it's happening. I think it's more about a connection of the wand. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right, right about that. that. That is physically the reason why the phoenix. Phoenix song is happening. It's because of the twin pole connection. But what we don't uh, know, does Harry, anyone else hear Harry's that? Moment. Is it just for Harry? Does, is no, Harry I think everyone is hearing that. I think everyone is hearing that. I think everyone is I don't think we know. No, I think everyone's hearing Because remember, everyone is scared as well. Because what Everyone is, what is scared because what has no, happened is that everyone's scared because Dumbledore, or I'm sorry, Voldemort says Avada Kedavra. And he doesn't kill Harry again. I think that's why everyone's well, scared. No, two, everyone's scared because there's a the spectacular one... thing that's happening here, you know. It's that when because not just when when Avada Kedavra means Expelliarmus, because the, the thing is that it doesn't matter whatever the spells is that is that the, right. the it says they're connected. 
won't work effectively against each other, right? right. They meet so right. in the middle. Right. What happened is that a light show basically happened and they they're they're caged in a cell of light. So the right. dead each cannot come in. The snake right. is circling around. There is this crisscrossing light show that's happening. They are both lifted off of the ground and the cage itself moves them. They're not stand they're not where they originally was standing. When but I think, still don't think that tells us if anybody else other than Harry. No, I, I mean every no everyone's oh. seeing this, but they're scared. They're ho- they're scared about the situation, and that's why Voldemort says, and I think the book even points out that he too was scared because he yeah. says don't do anything because he doesn't because this is the second time he's attempting to kill Harry and something has happened that was not. Yeah, he says do happen. nothing unless I command you. He's right. Right. He and he, himself, but he says that he would look astonished and almost fearful. Right. Um, when they were when uh but they say but the, when the only person they talk about hearing phoenix song wait a minute this says this voldemort he um but harry's is the only one who has his ears full of phoenix song right but to me that that, that is because harry is the old, there is nothing else for harry Harry's in a different situation than voldemort right i voldemort don't think is, anybody else hears it no i, <laughs> I think don't either can hear. i think I everyone can hear it because if everyone can see the light I really show, don't. I think this is because clear. everyone because everyone is seeing Terry uh, because everyone is seeing everything here. Because I mean they're moving. I mean the the Death Eaters have to see they're moving because the, the Death Eaters a barrier happens. A barrier protects them. Well, encloses them against the Death Eaters. So the Death Eaters are wrong. They they're scared too. Um, Nagini is hissing. And this is why it doesn't mean they can hear anything. Huh? They're just they're seeing what's happening. They're seeing the light show. They're oh. like, what's happening here? I I really don't think I they never hear. I never thought that they couldn't hear. I just thought that it it didn't mean anything to them. Hmm. It I doesn't mean anything it. to them. But anyways, let's let's move on. Yeah. From so, yeah. But that's interesting. I didn't. I figure that you know I'm maybe I'm like you know usually saying you know, like maybe I'm taking this for granted, right? I'm imagining something that happens. That I think happening. you are. Um, so <laughs> but, you know I, I want to revisit one thing. You know we talked a lot about how there was a, a misunderstanding about the wand and the fact that, but there is nothing up until this point that has Wormtail with a wand other than the wand that was in the robes. Well, I have to assume that he has a wand because they but go no, to But everything he's doing after he is, his his hand is put back with a silver hand. He uses a silver hand to cut the, to cut the rope from Harry. No, he is not, they don't say he uses a wand. Yes, he used a wand to light the fire. But he, that, but there's only one wand between no, the two. No, there are two wands. I'm almost sure because, because mm-hmm. Zumble, Voldemort takes his wand from his robe pocket. From the robe pockets, and before which that, was the bundle, which was by itself. There was, was a the bundle, bundle which was on the ground, the ground. Right, and he was, but he was in the bundle. No, but the bundle, the bundle was the robes. But but, but, but Voldemort was in the bundle he prior was, to right. that. Because right. Voldemort had a wand anyway. Because Voldemort, first of all, I don't. First of all, my issue that Voldemort shouldn't even have a wand. Right, right. he shouldn't even have this wand at all. Because when he left, when he was broken and a spirit, he left that um, right. Grodrick Hollow. He didn't have a wand, and he said as such, right? All of the spells that he wanted, he needed a wand. 
But well, somehow, somehow he had enough one to to deal with Bertha Jorkins. Well, no, but see, but, that was once. But, that, see, that was the Wormtail did that to Bertha Jorkins. But I, I assume they. I'm, I'm assuming that they took Bertha's wand from her. That he has Bertha Jorkins' wand. I think maybe they were using Voldemort's wand all along. But the, but here is the problem: is that Voldemort specifically said all of the spells that I needed required a wand. But he didn't have the body to hold it. It wasn't that they required a wand so much right. as that so he, he couldn't use the wand. He didn't have the body to get the wand. Yeah, he makes that clear. It's not that the wand wasn't there. That's not what he says. He but just that, wasn't but able my to thing use just, it. Right, but my thing is just like, I don't know how he can possess the wand. Like, how could he have it on his person, uh, in his possession? Well, we don't know. We, I mean, again, not, that, only that, not, only does, not only does he have a wand, he has the wand, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have a random wand. I assume Wormtail yeah, has Bertha Jockin's wand because you can't necessarily tell one wand from the other unless you are a wand maker. And the other issue is that I don't think both Wormtail and um, what's his name, um, Bathy Crouch is gonna go attack Moody without a wand. Somebody gotta have a wand. It's Moody. Right. Moody is trigger happy and very, very trigger happy. So I don't think they had because and this is the, because Voldemort uses his wand in order to um, kill um, Frank Grice. Yes. He kills Frank Grice with his wand. So in, in, in this whatever capacity he is in before he drops into the thing. He can hold a wand to a certain extent. And he does touch a Wormtail with the wand. When Wormtail yeah. allows Badi. Yeah, so, I, when, I he, think when he touches Wormtail, he, he reaches into his robes and takes the wand out. And we do know that he has some semblance of a body at some point. Because remember, when Frank says, let me see you or something, Wormtail turns Voldemort around and he's afraid. Frank is afraid of what he sees. So mm-hmm. he has some semblance of a body at this point. He's getting stronger. He just doesn't have a full body. But when he is talking about not being able to do things because the what he would have needed to do requires a wand, he's referencing back when he had no body whatsoever and his only ability was to possess something else or an animal or some whatever and he's talking about how um he chose snakes because that was basically what was most comfortable for him but of course a snake can't yield a wand because they don't have hands okay so let's go back to um let's go back to the just for people who are gonna doubt that we we are right it is wormtail who kills um, Cedric, not done with Voldemort. Yes. It says far yes. from from far away above the head, he heard a he heard a high cold yes. voice say, "Kill the spear." And time and time again, Voldemort's voice is referred to as high cold. Yeah, um, there's a swishing noise and a second voice which right. reached the words to the night of Ada Kedavra. A bright green light um, blazed through Harry's eyelid, etc., etc. Cedric was lying, spread eagle. Um, we have. But we don't a, know whose wand he wait, wait, used to do um, The cloaked man was now conjuring tight cords around Harry, tying him from neck to ankle to the headstone. So that requires a wand again. He could hear the shallow, fast breathing from the depth of the hood. He struggled, and the man hit him. He hit him with a 
with a hand that was had a finger missing. And Harry realized who was under the hood. It was Wormtail. You, he gasped. But Wormtail, who had finished conjuring the robe, did not reply. He was busy checking the tightness of his card. His fingers trembling uncontrollably, fumbling over the knots. Once there, okay, when I get... Subject body was lying some 20 feet away. The trial with the cops, which is adding more trauma. I want to get to the part where he is um, the thing inside the bun on the ground was stirring more persistently, as though it was trying to free itself. Now, Wormtail was busy himself at the bottom of the cauldron with a wand. Suddenly, there was a cackling flame beneath it. The large snake slithered away into the darkness. The liquid in the cauldron seems to beat very fast. The surface boil began not only to bubble, but to send up fiery sparks as though it were, were on fire. Steaming was thickening, falling. The movement beneath the robes became more agitated, and Harry heard a high, cold voice again. So again, it's Voldemort who gave the command and not um, to kill, but not, he didn't kill. Hurry. The whole surface of the water alight with sparks. Now, night was saying it was ready, Martha. Now, Wormtail opened the robes underground, revealing what was inside them. So this is why I'm saying the robe, the, the wand is still inside Voldemort, there are two separate I, I ones. Don't, I think you're right. I think I think you're right. Um, because I think there's a part where... When Voldemort puts the... When Wormtail robes Voldemort, it says that Voldemort pulls the wand, a wand out, out of, of, of the pocket. robes. Right. Yes, yes. But I'm almost sure, in my mind, I'm sure that there was a reference. I know I know Wormtail has a wand in his hand. Though they don't say... Maybe that's what she's going to get a bit more than anything. Like, you know, well, I didn't say... But, it seems that there are two. In my mind, I always read that there were two wands available. Um, so you see, um, okay. Forgive us for the moment. I'm sure Janina might cut out this bit. I'm totally cutting it out. But I'm trying to figure out um, if. I don't think we really truly know. I don't. I, don't I think, think so. I think I there's think so. I yeah, think there's some things left up in the air. Thing, you see many things that Wormtail does. We either see because when he takes the um the blood from Harry, he does it with a dagger. When he right. when he cuts the ropes, he does it with the silver hand. We right. don't always we don't see him doing these things, which ordinarily you would think would be things you would do with a wand. No, you the, don't. The severing spell, I I would think a severing spell would be too crazy because he's afraid of um the damage. That to me, the whole idea that you know um, and I wouldn't have someone who's supposed to cut off a hand for me with a wand in his hand. I wouldn't ask him to do the wand. I would imagine that they would probably hurt me with that. <laughs> with a wand. You understand? I'm saying the moment of hesitation mm -hmm. as opposed to with a knife. So I can see the whole knife aspect using a knife. Um, and wizards typically, particularly potion masters, it seems, a knife is important. There are things, there are certain things that are yeah. delicacy. A wand isn't necessarily the most delicate um, instrument when trying to wield power and cut something. We literally saw this Ron trying to fix his um, dress robes. But, um, it is, in my mind, I mean, but, you know, maybe I'd have to reread it. I mean, come back to that later. But I do not think, in my mind, specifically, there are two ones, and Voldemort doesn't kill Cedric. It is, um, though the debate might be that um, Voldemort, um, Wormtail kills Cedric, Cedric using with Voldemort's wand. wand. I think that's what you're supposed to think. That's what, all that's of these obviously people, what you're supposed to think, for sure. 
Right. Whether or not that's really what happened, it's it's a little bit iffy. Because I'm assuming that Wormtail, I always assume Wormtail had Bertha Jockins wine. Because in order to overpower her, he had to, that would have been the thing to snatch. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he doesn't yeah. have, because you don't need a wine to turn into an animagus. Apparently in animagus, you're changing your DNA as we would probably realize in it. And you you can turn on will. Because right. Cedric, um, Sirius is clearly in Azkaban without a wand. And he's turning into a dog. Right. So right. Um, I'm assuming that's what um, the thing. And it's one of the reasons why I think Hermione would subsequently put an unbreakable um, thing on the um, thing. So that uh, um, yes, on, on the, the jar. jar. So that right. um, what's the name can't turn herself into a miniature version of herself and do some kind of spell, whatever. But let's stick to the top that. So the prior income tandems happened, the crisscrossing thing happened, the light show, and the last, supposedly last vestiges of Voldemort's uh, murders are happening right then and there. And we have some echo and then we have it stops after Lily and James come out. Again, this is kind of wonky because it sort of implies that Voldemort did very little spells since his return when he's capable of using a wand. And that, I think, is rather silly because he, he, he's the one who we would see who does all of nearly all of the magic that happens when they go and reunite with um, Batty Crouch. And none of that is seen in the interim, right? We get you because he, we. You mean the because, people he would have killed? Right. The people he would have killed and also um, not only just the people. I mean, okay, let's say Lily and James are the last people he killed before his downfall, whatever the case may be. He recently got his body back and he was he was doing magic. He was doing a lot of magic. So, at the, um, at let the me clarify what house. you're saying and why you're because we know from the beginning of this book when the dark mark is put into the sky at the Quidditch World Cup. We know that you can check a wand for the last spell cast and know what it did. So I think that you are associating that with no. Harry and... Um, no. no, 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 no. That's what I'm doing. The power incompatible has to be something you had to conjure. It, it has to be a spell that has to be cast. What is happening here isn't a spell. What is happening here is magical forces is is like it's like two magnet poles not right. pole meeting it's a connection that's what's happening here so right. that is why you get more than just one spell being regurgitated is that what happened is that harry's sheer force of will pushes the golden light onto voldemort's wand and that's what the that's what happened because remember there was a battle between the two the the, the forces being pushed to harry's way and then they pushed back to voldemort way some yep. I think that is happening, right? Mm-hmm. And in doing so, what happens is that you, you you hear echoes and screams of cries of um, Wormtail being tortured, and so is Harry being tortured. Or at least Harry being tortured, actually, not even Wormtail. Of Harry being tortured with the Crucius at Curse, right? But what, and then it skips nearly like 13 years, basically, of 12 years, and goes to Lily and James being, um, coming out, because Boyta Jockins, he because so because remember he has to he has to perform a spell on Bertha Jockins before he kills her. And he has been performing spell because they put a memory charm on Batty Crouch Senior. Mm-hmm. And they overpowered but him I, in I the think, house. I think what what but you're this is wanting, small, this but is you're small wanting every, but you're wanting every spell that he 
he did to come out where but that is but that is what I mean actually technically I don't want it to come out. What I'm simply saying that was how she she begins to set it up. No, I thought that it was who he killed. No, but that's what I initially thought as well. But um that's not what is happening here. She's saying because that's why the Cruciatus curse comes out. That's why we hear the scream. So she because that's what Vol that's what Dumbledore would subsequently say, right? Why this happened? Mm-hmm. It would force it to to regurgitate all of the spells that it is saying. And yeah, because at he, one point the the spell when he when he cuts off Wormtail's, I mean the spell of Worm Wormtail must have used yes, this one to cut off his hand because it says no 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 it's, it's the hand no it's the hand that was being and he made yeah the yes, hand he okay. made yes it's okay. a hand he made that is come that comes out as well. Right. So that's right, what I'm right. simply saying is just that. So you're saying there was a lot of stuff that didn't come out that should have. Right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm yeah. not, I'm not really caring about the, the, the specific. It doesn't bother me, but I'm just simply saying it's one of those things where she's creating a magical sort of a um element, but it isn't complete. It's right. why it's right. also the incompleteness of this whole idea with right. he killed Cedric when we know he didn't kill Cedric. Yeah. Right. So it's right. just one of those things that is sort of like she said. If it it would have been simple enough, if it's just the people he killed, which would have been interesting, right? Which would have been fine because that is the ultimate act of evil in this world, right? She killed right. someone, and they're presumably all innocent people, right? And that that is fine. But what she said, what she had initially laid out was that it is regurgitating every single spell that it has said. It has right. just been been used to do it, whatever the case may be. And therefore, we get the bodies, Cedric, we get Bertha, we get Harry and Lily. And, I mean, if, again, this is even more piling on, more trauma onto the child, because that is just horrible. I mean, right. horrible and good. I mean, I, I don't even know, because well, you see a parent like this, because you is, must be. It, but I it's mean, a foreshadowing of what's to come in the end. So we know this. this is just a setup to know that in times of need, they can be there. But there's also something else that's happening here, um, which we would which we which we may overlook. It's how Harry is confronting death so often and yes. is not shying away from it. Yes. Which which we're going to which we, which be is a going major to factor in it's the next book. It's gonna be a book. major factor. It's because, gonna be a because, major factor. Because the interesting mm-hmm. thing is that Harry is I mean his parents basically fought to stay alive. Voldemort is fighting death. He doesn't want any part of that. He's just like, I am trying to stay alive. I'm trying to strive for immortality. And here is this child facing death literally, right? Like he's facing death about to be killed and he's facing the dead. Right. And he is that, that his, 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 it isn't fair that it's coming out here. Harry is attempting to, to, to survive without him even realizing this is what he is doing here. He's attempting to survive, and he keeps to Voldemort's dismay. This, pardon my friend, this fucking child wouldn't die. A <laughs> child, and I right. mean, like, and, and, and as I think Hagrid points out something. Yeah. This man has bested all of the Wizard of the Ages, like everyone except Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, right. Dumbledore is up there, way up there, whatever the case may be. But seemingly, um, I don't know if you know this, but it's um, one of them is the Pruitts. Uh, um, Molly Weasley was a poet before. There is some history, whatever the case may be, but he kills her brother. Um, Harry gets a watch later on. Um, the yeah. McKibbins, the Boneses, 
I mean, Dumbledore, Voldemort literally sought out these people. So he personally got to these people. And and he's being bested by a child. I mean, a child who, as we know, is a reactor but knows nothing. I mean, his magical IQ is not that. You know what I mean? And he is, he is complicated. I mean, I can just imagine. I mean, you pull a spell which has worked a bazillion time, right? Mm-hmm. This has been his go-through. This has been his... Um, there is a um it's not oh my god what's the word people usually use this is his um this is his theme right this is his this is his hit song right it's his trademark his trademark right he killed his father he said so i killed my father as a teenager he killed it he killed his father and his grandparents boom wipe out the whole riddle line just like that with a vada cadaver just that was his hit that spell has never failed him yet except right. when this little pup um, I would want to say bastard because it's very clear Harry is from a, <laughs> a, um, <laughs> You did not get to call Harry a little bastard. I can't call him a bastard because he is um, <laughs> he is a bastard apparently. You know, like he is born within his parents were married. But you mean so I, I can imagine it, and, and what is happening here to Voldemort is that the second time spectacular magic is happening. Spectacular magic, magic that he is unaware of, is happening every single time. He right. is facing Harry. Things that are happening that, that even though we will get more details about the spectacularness later on to come, it is very clear that what is happening here and what has happened when Harry was a child isn't something that has happened that people are aware of. It's old magic, things that people, even Voldemort, overlook this. And, you know, a lot of people overlook this. And Dumbledore has to resort to old magic in order to... Um, save Harry and it's all tied up again into the blood business and again it is it shows the whole uh, one of the biggest fights in this book right we're talking about blood of your pure blood and whatever the case may be but what has seemed to be the magical blood in this arena is muggle blood right it's it's, it's literally muggle blood but it's familial blood that is really the the response out here so Janina has given us a clock and we have a little bit more things to discuss, but you know, needless to say, these figures come out and offers a protection to Harry and Cedric whispers to Harry, which broke my heart. Literally, I yes. think I think it's Mine one of the too. first time I've ever cried for reading the book. This is one of the first scenes. I was just like, Oh God, this is this is insane. Like, you're not supposed to put this in children's book. And I mean, I read a little match girl from Hans Christian Anderson. I was pissed <laughs> at that shit. Okay, and this was a whole other type level of cruelty, and sad- I don't even know sadistic and just like that. Harry, he has to, and I was just like, it's true. He has to take the body back because he's gonna be left there like rubbish. Mm-hmm. He's literally uh, like, no one. I mean, like, uh-huh. I just imagine they were gonna desecrate that body to just like, you know, oh, Voldemort was gonna take his frustration out on that body, and he tells Harry after all, Harry has uh, been through. And all of that, that whole drama that was been there, Harry has to take a dead body home, hug a dead body. Basically. You know, it's like, and it's it's wild that he manages to do it. Well, I mean, whether because he was in all reality, Cedric's dead. Yeah. You just need to get yourself back and out of this situation safely. You know, and he manages to. Well, yes. Use That's... two extra seconds or however long it was to that that could have been the matter of life and death for him 
to try to get back to Hogwarts, get to the port key, and take Cedric's body with him. They're alive. They're alive. They're alive. Yeah. They're alive. Meanwhile, you got the most dangerous wizard running around the place and his best buddies. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and you're in a graveyard. I mean, like, a fourteen-year-old. I mean, yeah. And he's already convinced himself that he was gonna die it, right. before before they had the combined um, light show, so to speak. He was he was convinced, but he was determined he was going to die upright like his father. Mm-hmm. He was going to die trying to yes. defend himself, even if no defense was possible. Yes. So I think that you know once he got past that. And he was, it was like, I can fulfill this, I can do this request that Cedric has made, or the, the ghost of Cedric has made. Um, Deb, you, you points to, you, you, um, you, you are coined the phrase, Harry Potter is a reactor. But there is something else more, more at play here with Harry, that Harry is, Harry is able to put fear aside. Yeah, and to walk within this madness of reaction, this mm-hmm. this this, he's able to walk with a, as we would say in the Muggle world, adrenaline, in a yeah. way beyond which all, yeah. all, all, most of us would ever even capable of doing. Right? He can yeah. put fa- He can be afraid and walk as I don't want to say rational because Harry's not really rational, but you know what I mean. As walk as right. I guess um, as rationally as we can. Effective. Expect. He can be very effective. Because I think one he, of the I think one of the themes in the in the whole series is that courage is not you know it's not that you don't have fear and you it, you are acting despite how afraid right. you are. That's it. That's and I it. think that's a major theme throughout the entire series. And it it's Harry again, Harry. It's more it's it's in moments of life and death, and literally Harry is holding death. And mind right. you, interesting enough that in the first three books, he has basically saved him. He has been saving people from death, right? In the particular last yeah. two books, right? He's been yeah. saving people from, he literally saved his uncle from being, his godfather from being killed. He saved people from killing his godfather. He saved Buckbeak. You know what I mean? Harry had a good track record. I've been winning. I have been winning. This shit is cool. Because everyone is telling him, calm down in this place right that something is happening here even Hermione it's like boo I know we've been trying a lot of shit like we've been doing but you know what um yeah, yeah. you got off scotchy with, with, with even Hermione is afraid of uh, that Harry might be too confident right but this is every year Harry's being tested beyond what we think a cocky little person should even been imagine how the world would end but this is such a I mean this I thought was really I don't want to say how, but this is just trauma. This is just traumatic that you have to hug, you know, your a, a dead body and try to save it and save yourself. You know what I mean? That he, it is the kind of thing that Har- that Harry has in terms of like it goes beyond things that I think ordinary people would have to do. Like he's trying to preserve dignity and death for so many people, trying to avoid being desecrated because he could have been like. Boo, Cedric, the fuck? You see what we're dealing with here, shit? I gotta try to drag your dead body back to your parents. I'm trying not to be a dead body. But he's like, he is determined that in fact, mm-hmm. he goes to the body before he goes to the, the thing that is going to save him. Right? right? And that's another thing, too. Um, 
the other crazy thing here before we end is not end the decision is that the poke key isn't supposed to work. Poke keys are done with specific time and place. Right. But this but the, the poke key was obviously had been bewi- had been um right. enchanted. It, so it wasn't right, like your re- everyday you know, I guess you minist- ministry that, approved but, uh, port key. Well, we've seen ministry approved, non-ministry approved port keys. We'll see that in the second book, right? In in the next book, sorry. But it's supposed to light up and it's supposed to, that's when it works. It, it's not just by touching the object that right. it becomes a port key. It is given supposedly a time and whatever the case may be. What I think is that, yes, we could avoid the time, right? So whatever it is, whoever, at whatever point Harry touches it, it's supposed to be the port key. But what it is, the port key is not a reverse. It is not a reverse thing. It takes you from one place to another place and that's it. It doesn't take you back from the place where it was. Because there would have been no reason for the port key to be able to do that. Though it's bewitched. Right? Because I, I guess otherwise is that Voldemort is going to pop up in a port key and be like, Hey, surprise Dumbledore. Let me see if I can kill it. Yeah. <laughs> if that was that was that maybe that was the plan. I don't know, but you know that's just a little detail, whatever. But I mean, I have to say that this, even thinking about this moment, reading this, even in the movie, in the movie scene, the Cedric scene when he returns, it was too yeah. much. It was really when I heard, even though I didn't like, I am a cigarette. Just like Jesus Christ, you're an asshole, dude. Like you're trying to act some fucking fellow kid. Like you're doing too much. When he screams. And, and and I mean, remind remember like um as you say, Deb, they're all waiting for the train track, the, the, the train to crash, right? right? They're waiting for the train for, crash. Yeah, that's what they're waiting yeah. for. I, it's like they NASCAR. They're waiting for too. the they're waiting for the crash. <laughs> well, and you know, when they get back and like everyone's cheering because they're back, right. you know, you've got um the minister of magic saying, like, you gotta get him out of here because he's dead. And you need to go talk to his parents before they come upon this and actually see what's going right. on. Like right. we gotta right. we gotta make this look okay before everyone sees what really just happened. Well, they don't even know what happened. What, what, what All they know is dead. There's a dead body, right. right? And I mean, this was in the movie as well. I mean, like, you know, I hate the movies, but when when the father screams, my boy, I was just like, Oh, you're trying that to make was, me cry. You're trying scaring. to get me have feelings. That just goes all through you when he says you, that. Exactly. Because my this, boy. This my is boy. not the thing that even you, even though you're at the NASCAR waiting for the, the, the car crashes and the train crashes, you're not expecting dead bodies. You're just expecting, no, right. you know, like theatrical, spectacular wheels flying yeah. all over the place. Even oh, though that is dangerous. <laughs> Look that. You, you want to think, oh, he's just stunned. He'll be fine. He'll be right. fine, right? But I mean, like we know that, and I mean, like we didn't even think of that, right? Because to me, I didn't even think about. I'm just like, oh, Harry is going back, but I'm just like, um, Harry turns up with a dead body in yeah. in the middle of the stadium. It's just like, what the fuck? This is just. And, uh, and then I, he's he's quickly he's you know we before he even has a chance to deal with it, and we'll people try. are all in all the confusion. He's whisked away by Moody or quote unquote Moody. Right. And Let's get he to that. Is, he is whisked away. And, you know, I, I remember thinking when I read this, um, why did nobody, why did people just, I guess because there was no suspicion of him at that point. Right. But 
it just seemed that that was a little Dumbledore bit. Knew. Why was it okay for Dumbledore you to take him? Yeah, I, I think, yeah. But Dumbledore to, says to that him. at that point, right? Dumbledore says later on. He says no, no, when he took. Well, but Dumbledore, remember, he walked away to go meet Cedric's parents, and that's when yes. the, the fake Moody takes Harry away. But, so Dumbledore didn't necessarily see him. Yes, being he taken. did. He did. He did. He did. He says. Um, but you know, what he says is, I knew the. I knew that Moody never would have taken you. So then I knew that something was wrong. And he followed. So he followed. He said he followed. Right. He says he, he followed said, him. He said Dumbledore said stay when he said no. He said you need to lie down. Come on. And he makes him. He just kind of basically pulls him along, and takes him um, away. So Dumbledore says something. I don't remember where exactly. Dumbledore oh no, I think says, that was that was that was probably Madame Pomfrey was trying to take him to the hospital wing. No, 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 no. Dumbledore says oh, when 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 this Moody took him and took him away, he said, "I knew that this couldn't have been the real Moody, and I followed because that's why that's why they knew to go to his office. That's why he McGonagall and Snape. Right. Um, Dumbledore went to get his squad." Dumbledore, I mean, Dumbledore don't need a squad, but you know, Dumbledore just trying to show you he got a squad just for, just because having a squad is what's gonna look hot in this scene right here, you know. But uh, Dumbledore knew. I think at that point, I think Dumbledore knew, but I think he had to, um, because the full glass, I think they had to whatever the full glass was doing, they had to come at the right time in order to avoid um thing. We are such nerds. We are such nerds. But I know, I know Janina's gonna I know. cut pieces out. So we got we got like That's fifteen okay. minutes. She can left cut to, stuff out. Yes. Fifteen minutes to avoid it to just bring it on down two hours. But um that whole I mean, we don't need to get into the theatric of it, you know, like um but, and you know, here was Barty Crouch playing, you know, like play on words. He's like, Harry, I told you, I don't like any of these death eaters motherfuckers who was in jail. Nope. Don't like no. them at all. I'm just like, yeah. oh. And he always says, but you know, I'm going to tell you something, and you probably think I'm making this up, but it's God's honest truth. It's <laughs> something that Harry would say that he, that one thing I thought was interesting about this Moody, I didn't think he was fake per se, whatever the case may be. He kept saying the Dark Lord. And I was just like, why do you keep saying that? Because Snape said right. that. And we're supposed to think Snape is up on the die, and Harry does ask Snape that later on at some point. Like, boo, why are mm-hmm. you calling him the Dark Lord? And I thought that was it because... Only people that hire, and uh, because no one else, people just like everyone else would say, You think I would join you know who on Voldemort? Because Sirius is just Sirius has no shame, right? He's just like, I spit that motherfucker right. name out. And so is Lupin, because Lupin and Sirius would call him by his name. And so does Voldemort. But no one ever has called him the Dark Lord. They always say, You, he who shall not be named, are uh, you know who. And uh, but here was, I was just like, Hmm, interesting, Moody. This Moody is Moody doing that. that for the whole book. No. Uh, yes, he. Oh. Yes, he does say you okay. know who. Whenever he speaks of um Voldemort, he would say the Dark Lord. Okay. Um, but that whole that um first of all, I'm trying to Veritas serum. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just simply saying, couldn't we have put this on serious instead of trying this whole theatrics of like let's get a. <laughs> uh, um, whatever. You understand what I'm there saying? Wasn't time. But there we find time. out that um, but but. Sirius tells us that um, Barty Crouch sends him to jail without a trial, mm-hmm. which is a sort mm-hmm. of like, there is magical justice for you, right? Shitty is, I'm telling you. Sirius Black, being black, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, boo. Uh, J.K. Rowling, a little heavy-handed with that analogy, but you know, okay, right, the parallel, <laughs> but girl, but you know what? <laughs> Do you? 
Um, I have to say, I didn't think that we would have spent so much on the whole um, serious, not serious. Well, I mean, I see um, Cedric's death was sort of emotional for us reading it, and it's it's such a thing that sticks out to us. But what I thought was particular, and the whole trauma of that whole scene. But I know when I read the book the first time, and Barty Crouch says he kills his father and turn him into a bone. I yeah, was just like, yeah. motherfucker. I, I gotta <laughs> say, the, the, last, I mean, the last three or four chapters of this book, I spent most of them going, what? Like, <laughs> and then just... what happened? It was like, I mean, it was, I thought it was well plotted, though. I did think it was well plotted. And you could see the signs of things along the way when they were revealed um, for when you first read it. Because, you know, when you first read it, you're still caught up in the, in the action of it. Yes. And then when you realize how this whole thing had played out, you know, and, and how Winky was involved. And, it's pretty um, wild. Just, it's and really kind of, oh, okay, that's, Winky, that makes sense. Even mm-hmm. Winky was just like, what the fuck did you do? You are a horrible Stop it. Why are you telling? Cut it out. What are you doing? Why are you telling our secret? But no, but she but she but she gets she she's like, don't say the secret. But then when he says he killed his father and turns him into a bone, she's like, What did you do? Yeah. Like yeah. what is wrong? Like because remember, she believed, which is a funny thing, right? Because this kid was playing off of his innocence, and this kid does nothing innocent. Right. Like the thing right. that we know that he actually did. There is nothing innocent about this. We he was trying to pass off, and he's such a because he's been his father and his mother till like you know like I got caught up in the bad crowd. You literally have Neville parents in a I don't want to say a mental asylum because they ain't really mental. In in basically you can say that. Well, yeah. a mental war, but they ain't doing nothing for them. They just have them in a job basically. Right, they just have them in a job, basically, just keeping them. They're just feeding them, mm-hmm. and it's just like you listen to me. You don't hang around with Bellatrix. You either two when you hang around with Bellatrix, either you're gonna be like running, or you're gonna be dead. Are you you're running, hanging, or you're gonna be dead? Okay, mm-hmm. Bellatrix don't suffer fools. So if you hang with Bellatrix and you're living, you're part of the plot. You're in their thick of thieves. Okay, you are mm-hmm. part of this show, and the kind of thing that and he's doing all of this thing within service. And he's willing to kill Harry because everyone else has been trying to avoid. He's willing to kill a child. Yeah. You know, yeah. Voldemort is. Yeah. is, is Voldemort didn't get it done, so he's like, "Oh, imagine how happy he's he's happy, happy he'll be." Exactly. I that I he will be rewarded. He will be rewarded most in whatever the case of me. And we would see this again though in Book Seven, right? Where someone's just like, "Whatever." He wants him dead. You know, I know, I know. He said he wanted killing himself, but I'm willing to do it. Let's just get this thing all done and over with. And I was just like, my God, like, I don't even know who is, like, who is more evil? Like, these, there are varying levels of, I don't want to say levels of evilness. I shouldn't say that. But I think that's how it plays off because we are supposed to assume that Voldemort is the most evil thing in the world. Sure. What I I always find surprising is that so many people Mm -hmm. are out here doing wicked and vile things. And we somehow try to put these things under varying you know like a little less light you know it's a light you know this is evil light you know what I mean? but this is this is such a sinister plot and i mean like i mean i know we people trying to give body crouch a hard time i don't think body crouch is such a hard horrible father he never abused 
that kid. He might have. No, that no. Kid. He I saw him something. for what he was, and he wanted exactly. And I think that's what to he was do doing. the right thing. Yeah, but you know, the reality is, as a parent, you have to wonder: Would you be able to do that as a parent? Clearly, the mother could not. Clearly, the right. mother did not want this to happen, and the dad is like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you did wrong. You deserve punishment." I think that you know, I think that's a very real situation, all played through and through. But I mean, I, I think it would be again, more difficult for the mother. I do think that um, because they're thinking, "My baby, my baby," and dad's thinking, "You're an asshole." But no, but you see, you see, this is it goes back to that thing that we talk about with Harry. It's the choices people keep making, right? It's be- supposedly he did this because Barty Crouch Jr. says, Barty Jr. says he did this because he loves my mother. And I can understand this shit like maybe in the beginning, you know, but right. when she's done and dead, he got to go. Because how was this? How was this plan going well, to work? Well, because it was working. It was working in the but moment. Just, but, but, so but he's but like, and is, let's keep going, I but think. But this well, is not a workable think, plan. No. I think Mr. Crouch didn't want to be exposed. He didn't want to be exposed that, that, right. I think for that's what why he they had did. done. He didn't want to be exposed for the fact that he had smuggled that, he had let that boy smuggle, get out of Azkaban. I mean, if he were smarter, he'd have killed his son and buried him in, as a bone. As a bone. <laughs> I, I thought I was thinking that too because this child is like this boy is really really wicked. Um, I mean, For sure. me, I mean, I mean, like, I, I, look, I ain't a fan of my daddy, but this ain't some shit I would try to do. Like what? You know what I mean? Because you, I mean, to me, because here's this thing though, Barty Crouch, because it was a lie you couldn't get away with, right? Because. Even if Barty Crouch had showed up and said, you know, like, oh, my son is out. Barty Crouch was losing his mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could pass him off just being crazy. You know what I mean? You could have put back the memory chance. You could have you, you could have taken him back to, um, you know, secured him, hide him, put him under the invisibility clothes, stun him. The very same thing that your father did for you. Right. In the in, yeah. because. Here is that moment again, right? The, the parallel, the, the, the symmetry with the book, right? Within the book, son, father finds son stunned and hides him under, keeps him under an invisibility cloak. He kills his father and covers him under an invisibility cloak, right? Finds mm-hmm. the father and and then he then turns him into a bone. And I was just like, my God, like yeah, this, this. But you could, you, I imagine that you know what he was wanting to do this for a very long time, but he couldn't get the opportunity, and here was right. the perfect opportunity. Yeah. The father had outlived his usefulness, and there was nothing yeah. else he could have contributed. And at this point, since he was missing out, since it was already known that he was missing from work and supposedly missing in the house, well, whatever, we couldn't just disappear. And even McGonagall, I mean, all these people were just like, this was, I mean, even Dumbledore was disgusted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, Dumbledore, and Dumbledore then tells Fudge, this man, like, literally, you have wiped out an entire line. But um, but let's mm-hmm. be honest, Dumbledore, um, I know that boy should not have been breeding, okay? Shouldn't <laughs> have been bringing children to the world. Nope. <laughs> let's just, I mean, I'm kind of sad that it ended this way, but, you know, I mean, I'm not shutting an interest for Barty Crouch not being able to procreate. Like, this this boy is corrupt. But but it, it shows us also the sort of complicit nature within this magical world of the vileness of Dumbledore, Voldemort, right? 
that it yeah, isn't yeah. just because this whole plan and conniving and scheme happened without Voldemort being involved in any shape or form. Because yeah. Voldemort says, I wasn't even aware my one of my most faithful loyal servants was still around and out and about. Well, this just goes to the point of, you know, this was very cult-like and they were willing to do anything to please him. Mm-hmm. I, I think and... people had different attachment to I think he saw Voldemort as a father figure. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think we would see Bellatrix see well, he Voldemort says that. as a we had so much lover. He said yeah. that. So I and think I... people see different things in Voldemort, but interesting that Voldemort has none of these feelings for these people. None <laughs> no. of these feelings. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Out, He's out there himself. on their own with these feelings. They're out there Quirrell. on their own. He Quirrell. is not like, mm-mm. Quirrell thought that he was going to be able to be able to get information and skill and learn from this man. And he was just like, nope, I just wanted you, and you just left Coral Day to die. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's it, it, it's it is. I mean, there is. This is the thing that I always find, like you know, we, you know, Deb, you said this is a children's book and a young adult literature, which is clearly what's happening in this book. But the sinister nature of the evilness and the violence is beyond, you know, the simple like evil stepmother, evil wicked witch. You know what I mean? You know the the, the you know the ogre, you know the bad big bad wolf. Is that the, the the complexity and the 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 not complexity I should say, it's the the um the the, the nuances of the evilness in this book and the le- the various types of evil acts is all over the place. Well, I think that, that that is what as as young people are exposed to more of the levels that people will go through and the 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 things that will kind of the evil things that will motivate people to do evil things. I think then children's books, young adult books are called upon to, con- to, to widen what they tell. I mean, it's gotta be beyond, it might be the same idea um, of what the evil stepmother, the ogre, um, you know, the wicked witch, it might, all of those components are there, but they have to have the trappings that kids of today would understand. The context, so they, right? The context they would have to understand. It would have to be something that they, you know, you you nobody's going to gasp at. Um, unfortunately, nobody's going to gasp at the wicked witch or with the with the poisoned apple. But you will gasp at somebody who turned his father into a bone. That's <laughs> going to make you sit and up. bury him. Know? Like I, again, you know? we're seeing the callous way that is being treated. Um, dead right. bodies are being treated like rubbish, right? Just like oh, I buried him in Hagrid Yard somewhere, but into a yeah. bone. Just like, and and this was a powerful uh, man, right? That he he didn't rival Voldemort, but this was a man capable. Though fudge, though it doesn't look with fudge that they're just fudge is just like a, a um what's the word I want to use? Here? It's almost like a a, a a more charismatic leader. It's, it's kind of yeah. clear that the person who is the minister of magic is supposed to be intelligent and magical and, you know, you know, very skilled to a certain extent. Fudge doesn't bring any of those things to the table, but no. you could imagine that Barty Crouch <laughs> probably had that in his sphere <laughs> and Voldemort. And we would see later on Rufus Scringemore um, and, um, um, and supposedly Kingsley Shacklebolt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also and, and why um, Percy is in training for that position. He too seemed to be a very skilled wizard for his age. So. But and I, and I think when you when I think you know we you talk about the trauma you talk about 
um, we talk about it specifically about Harry. Now imagine that trauma writ large on a whole community, and you can almost see why Fudge is refusing to to accept it. Right. And Dumbledore well, feels that he has to. He's got to be the voice of reason here, and he's got to do everything he can to protect the community because Fudge is just still. He's such a, in such a state of denial that will almost become criminal. But right now he's just pushing back over what he's just seen. And well, you can tell he's trying to um, say that Harry has got, you know, he's, he's, he's gone off his locker. <clears throat> he's got issues. He's been hearing voices. He's been hallucinating. So he's just refusing to accept what has just transpired. Yeah. Well, this is this is the second time he's doing this, right? Because we see right. him, well, third time, basically. Every time we've seen Fudge, basically, Fudge has been a very incompetent man, right? We first meet Fudge trying to say um, Hagrid needs to go to jail because we need to be prepared to be doing something. So I always took right. it to me. I read Fudge as being... I am doing what is gonna be the it's gonna be the look, right? He's it's all about an image. Yeah, it's about, it's an, about image. an image. So to yeah. me, it, it isn't even so much so that you know I don't necessarily think he wants to wreak havoc on the magical community. I don't necessarily think he's doing that, which I think. No, which, I don't think which, so. I, but I think he which, doesn't which, even which, which he doesn't want to protect them. He's right. not even interested in trying to protect the magical community. Right. He just he doesn't want he he doesn't want to. He's worried about himself and he's worried Dumbledore about his own image. It, right. Dumbledore he's worried about it. his job. He's right. worried about what people are going to say about him. He's worried about losing his job. I mean, he's very selfish. This is all he's about threatened him. by Dumbledore. Dumbledore clearly. He's threatened. extremely threatened. Uh, that that Dumbledore is physically well. Dumbledore could kick his ass. That is true. That's not debate. But he's she's threatened by the fact that Dumbledore would seize his power, and right. that I think. But I mean, for me, he I read him. You know, it's just basically just whatever silly image that they built up for the last thirteen, twelve years. Uh, but, you know, this false sense of security where they went into this whole like, you know, like he's far off, he's not coming back. He doesn't want to disrupt that whole thing no, because not as, at all. as as we learn for the next for the for a whole year. For over a whole year, the magical community did nothing. Like, like nothing. The magical community mm-hmm. did absolutely nothing about the. Well, fact they did that something. They just tried to stop Dumbledore. <laughs> they well, tried to stop the truth coming out. I mean, this well, is hey, all about. Well, I mean, you know, we're we're not going to get into all of that right now. But it, it's not like that I'm they did nothing. It's that right. they did I'm the wrong not. thing. They did the wrong thing. I mean, am I not living that world right now in America? You are. Where the you yeah, yeah. you're absolutely living like, that world. And you know how much, you know, like, J.K. Rowling can script the, the, the consequences of that. The consequences here are untold. We we we, we, we can't even fathom the, the, the method man that was happening in the real world. But, I mean, that is one of the things. So the book sort of like, the book ends in with, with a political um, split. I think the last chapter is yeah. called The Parting of Ways. Mm-hmm. And you recognize that Dumbledore is more than just this, this this magical being within the magical world, right? That this very powerful, wise, sage old man that we've never pursued Merlin, like how we consider these old sage. We've never, we've never taken them as political being. And it's That's very right. clear that Dumbledore is now a political being. 
that in the magical world he's just beyond just you know like this he he is he 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 represents a philosophy a way of going about saying and a whole new political uh, um uh, uh, i guess liberalism conservatism kind of situation that <laughs> i don't like those kind of terms particularly since the liberals i know are annoying um and the conservatives i know are evil but um Dumbledore is a movement, rather, that's the word I should use, that food fudge and the magical world in England, because no one seems to care what's going on in Bulgaria, France, even just <laughs> even though we literally had a tri-wizarding international tournament, that in England, um, the Dumbledore movement is problematic for the fudge, fudgeonistas. The fudgeonistas I want to sit on their butt and, you know, I don't know, keep sending all and imagine that this is not real that you know like oh no way this is going i'm going and it's funny it's it's the thing that it is is the things that they are concerned about i'm gonna lose my job i'm gonna lose my face sir you're fighting against an evil force that is out here to kill you isn't some measure of protection like at least necessary you understand what i'm saying you don't need to you don't need to go all out you know what I mean? Because you literally had the information last time around. He was just like this cock and bull story that yeah, make, make, made up last time around uh, about Sirius being not the victim, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's not gonna believe these children, etc. Yeah, had well, to serum. This is this is the point of the series where we take a hard political turn. Um, it's always been an underlying theme, but right yeah. now it is brushed out into the open. It is right there in front of you. He says, this will ruin my career. I can't do this. I will stop you from doing this because it's mm-hmm. going to ruin me. And it all becomes very political. In the next book, you know, I mean, that's all it is, is politics in the next book. That's it. So this right. is the setup for the divide in and, politics and the and, divide in in thought process and in, in schools of thought, you know. It's happening right now, and <clears throat> Fudge draws that line very clear. And it's basically, you are with me or you are against me because I have worked too hard to get where I am, and I am not going to let you screw it up by something that a child saw. I mean, he makes that very, very clear. Well, and Dumbledore says, this isn't about being against you, but we're either going to fight the evil or... Well, not. This is this is the interesting thing because you, usually the politics in children's and children narratives and young adult narrative is good versus evil. It is quite simple, black and white. We know with what you love, Janina. It is either yes you're with us or no you're with us. But what we see here is that we're not even dealing with good and evil yet. We're dealing with action at versus inaction. Yeah. About action versus right. action against the evil, and that yeah. is a complication because. Harry himself didn't think that was going to be the problem. He would just be like, all right, we're going to get our forces together. I said what I said. You know, I mean, Cedric is dead. Like, how can you explain that? Like, actually, actually, the very last chapter is the beginning. It's called the beginning. Oh, that's true. And so you realize that this is the beginning of the, the next round of war that they are going to have to take. And not only is it, and we know we don't really know what the war was like before, but we, but right now we we're having a war with a divided community, right? 
And that is going to, and the, the, the way that um, we're going to, so you're going to have people who are not seeing things the way Dumbledore sees them, but they're technically, you know, not on the, they're not on Voldemort's side per se, but they're not willing to throw their lot in with a whole fight if it means that you're not standing behind the establishment. Right. And what do you believe? Do you believe that Dumbledore is even right? Are right. you willing to sacrifice so much and engage yourself in this battle for something that you don't even know, that you haven't been given any real proof other than someone's word that this is what's happening? But again, well, you've you got see, a dead body. Exactly. That, that, that for me, it, that, that was the thing that frustrated me about the end of this. Well, book. I'm not interested. But we also in know that people die all the time in the Triwizard Tournament. They set no, that up very well. I mean, Janina, first of all, the Pope Key is there, okay? Um, yep. The boy is dead, and you can tell if Harry's wand and Cedric's wand did this. We can tell whether it's Floor wand or whether it is mm-hmm. Victor's wand. I don't, I don't disagree it. with it at all, so, but when you're talking I mean, about taking the word of a child but Janine, this in is, an adult, this is you know, beyond... even though, no, I, I get it. You're going to say, like, this is the magical world. We have no, ways no, no. of seeing Did somebody do this. Right. We can check their wands. I get all that, but at the end of the day, it what it's coming down to in this moment, are you going to take the word of a child or Virginia, not? Virginia, this is the magical that's, world. I, yes, this is the thing. I agree, no, but that's no, 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 Fudge's no. standpoint. That is his standpoint. He's but, not willing He's not willing to risk anything. He doesn't want to check Harry's wand. He doesn't want to do anything. He's just going to say, this is a crazy child who always comes up with these cockamamie stories, and I'm not going to buy into it. Because if I do, then this is a threat to my career. But but, but, here's, but here's, I hear all of that, but, but this is what has happened here. This is what I'm talking about. Inaction versus action. Twice now, Fudge does nothing. Well, three times, because with the Chamber of Secrets, they didn't even go look for the Chamber, right? right. They just said, oh, Hagrid opened it. They didn't even ask Put Hagrid in jail. Where, right. where, where exactly this Chamber supposed to be, <laughs> because he knew Hagrid had nothing to do with it. They didn't even go look for the Chamber. But what I think is interesting here is that, okay, then, no one died in, the, in, the, in book two. I mean, well, my prisoner escaped. He still escaped, whatever the case may be. This is a new story. But this situation, there is a dead body here. There is a thing that there was there was, no, there was nothing him. in there was nothing in that labyrinth that we met that was supposed to kill you. Right. Right. But it's, the blast it doesn't matter to him. will burn you up. But but what I'm well, simply saying is that I mean, this man chooses to do. He didn't even try to do an investigation and say I found nothing. He does nothing. Well, he Just not like only did, there is did a he dead not body. do an investigation, he had the, the person who could have testified if they had used him. He, he had him. already gotten from he had him right. killed. Right. So he so he's so he's literally so I guess in, I guess we can say that whatever action he's choosing to take is just to basically cover up everything, right? The yes. The magical world is Absolutely. pretending as if the magical world has pretended it keeps on pretending that they're humans and they're being given magical problems instead of the fact that they are magical people with magical problems, right? Because this is right. a problem. These are these are issues of magic, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I mean, he, he said Cedric is dead by accident. We can eliminate that right off the bat. Avada Kedavra leaves very distinctive mark. <laughs> right. We can 
he, we can eliminate a situation. That's not an accident. And I mean, like, how do you you don't accidentally run into an Avada Kedavra curse? You just don't. You know <laughs> oh, what I mean? sure you do. Sure it you is do. floating around somewhere. Okay, he wasn't attacked by the by the blast and it screwed. He wasn't attacked by a hippogriff. Like none of these things. And it is it is it is a bit I think that was what what I thought was interesting about this book for children. It was that it was putting us into a nuanced political issue mm-hmm. because usually, again, I said it's good versus evil. You didn't want to do help. Uh, you're going to help. But this was just like, these people didn't, ref- these people are just doing everything. You know, like, we don't want anything to do with any of this. We cannot see this never happen. Um, get out of our face. You people mm-hmm. are fools. We want to live our life like how we've been living our life. And we're going to move on. And Dumbledore says explicitly, do you realize the cost of your inaction here? You are giving right. him a whole free year. You're giving him a free year. To do whatever the hell he wants to do. You're literally allowing this man because Dumbledore is making the distinction of like they know he isn't dead, right? But Dumbledore is making the distinction of like Voldemort is no longer out in the in the into the nether region in as a wisp, as a you know, in some wisp of a substitute. But the um he is being reconstituted as that point of traffic. <laughs> like he isn't frozen orange juice. Frozen okay? orange. He is he back. Frozen orange juice. He is reconstituted. He is back. He is he is, is potable. Okay, potable. Okay, like we can drink him, we can consume him, he can do us danger now. He's not in because you know that frozen orange juice, that grape juice wasn't gonna do anything for your life in the freezer. <laughs> nope. It's what less to you in the freezer. It needs to be reconstituted. Right. So, I mean, and uh, this this was the part of just like Jesus Christ, these idiots. It, it was it was so much for me to deal with at the end of this book, the dead boy, the the trauma. I mean, this idiot fudge. Because I'm just like, whoa. Well, at least Harry got out. Harry's gonna tell everybody Voldemort is real, and we're gonna do we, we, we're gonna see we're gonna go see the work. magical world. Um, what's the word? Um, we, we got, we're gonna see the magical world square up, right? They're gonna get all right, then we're gonna get all battle magic together. We're gonna see this. Shit. <laughs> surprise, surprise, at the end of this book, it was just like, Fudge isn't gonna do shit. Nothing, Fudge is just like, Nothing who money? His standing, you know, disgusting. He gives this child the death money. I well, mean, and let us, let us not forget that he's got Death Eater's death deep in his pocket, Mr. Malfoy. So, you know, he doesn't want to rock that boat. I mean, there's lots right. of things at play here that, you know, yeah. will continue to see to... the people. Yeah, to, right. to play he out. He says Malfoy, he says he gives to very important causes. Yeah. He gives he to charitable causes. He doesn't want to like, get rid of that. You're reading old newspapers. I'm just like, boo. So yeah, I had these people walking around here. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, you know, like before, you know, I, I guess I'm older now, and you know, as I've been older and reading, you know, these books and discussing, you know, I basically have a degree in literature, I guess, so I'm doing far more. Saying I, I read these books, all these. No, that's not true. I read the last book after I had graduated. Um, but reading these books again, you know, being older, experienced, you know, quote unquote, educated. It is just like I, I'm like I don't want to be in this world at all. Like shit. Like y'all are messy. Like I'm not taking the Hogwarts Express to go to this place. L- listen to me. <laughs> Let me. I am just going to stay on the other side of platform three nine and three quarters because all you people running around with weapons of mass destruction and I don't trust none of you fools. Just absolutely none of you. 
you people who could just mm-hmm. whisk me away with a, just a mere word and you know just two words and take away my life you people are irresponsible as hell you gotta literally let a man go after a child and you're just like whatever so we are finished with book four i am sure many of the themes that we have discussed and brought up will be revisited in book five and oh, yes. this was um i must say that this was um i didn't think that we would be so um we basically recorded like over eight hours of discussion on one book <laughs> Just that way, right? Oh, it's insane. I mean, and you know, people there will be a little bit, there will be bits and pieces cutting out, but I guarantee I'm gonna make a bet that we're probably gonna have two hours and ten minutes of conversation at the oh, very least. I would think so. Yes, um, yes. I hope you all enjoy it. I know I, I'm enjoying discussing with my these two favorite ladies. I'm learning so much from them, and I am seeing things that I probably didn't see. I can't imagine how I'm going to reread these books again. Um, know, like right? as a whole. As I'll a have whole. to wait another twenty years and see if it affects you even differently. I don't know. Right, exactly. No, I mean I mean I'm gonna continue because you know, I reread the books. We reread the books as we're going to discuss them because book five is my challenge this week. But I mean just after with the finish with the whole podcast with all of the information that I've learned from all of you, we've discussed and like how am I going to just attack these books again? Like imagine if I have children and I were to read this to these children, I'd be like, girl, this part, oh, we're gonna I, I imagine I might maybe I might rethink reading them to little children now. That's one of the things I know for sure. But I think you would probably um it would be a different perspective on them. Yeah. If, even if you read them to kids, because I think you bring something different to them. And I think it would still, you know, you can almost enjoy them in a different way. For sure. I am Right now, I'm thinking I would be hesitant to recommend this to someone below 15. I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, because I wouldn't. As, we, like... as we've discussed, you know, it really <laughs> depends on the maturity of the reader as to what you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine I could read book one, book two, maybe. Actually, no, because we, we as we said, we started off with a triple murder, right? <laughs> I'm just like, why? It'll be fine. It'll be files. fine. It's too much. Yes. It's just crazy files right here. But well, book- I'm inter- I, I'm interested to see how the next book goes because I yeah. I, I'm already about halfway through it. Wow. Yeah, I just and started. I I don't like it, so it should be interesting. I don't <laughs> I don't. I, you, this is the book. I'm listening. I'm listening. And well, I guess I'll wait till we we finish our recording. I'm listening as well. And this, but this is the book. This is the book that I always wanted to skip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'll, I'll just say that. that that means that I have to do the agenda. I have <laughs> I don't, to do the agenda. I don't know if we're going to let you do that again. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I have to, I have to make a case for this book. It's going to yes, be interesting. Do. I have because I, whenever I've reread the series, this is the one that I dread. It's so long and there's so much and, and the much isn't always great. It's sometimes it's, it's for me, it's, I find my mind wandering, and I know that there's lots of juicy little tidbits in here, but yeah, this is the one I want to skip. It really is always. So, no, so you know because you said be that. I'll be surprised no. at the stuff that we will be bringing out of. This I know, book. right? And you well, know because I'm of hoping that, that I'm pleasantly surprised, like I was with Chamber of Secrets. That's well, what I'm know, hoping. 
you know what, Janina, because of that, I had in my mind, you know what, I can listen to this, you know what I mean, because I've read it so many times, because you have just said that I now have to go physically read this book, so that it's all engraved <laughs> in my mind again, just in case all I right. don't. All right, well, until then. I look forward be, to, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to yeah, be fun. It'll be, as all it'll be fun happens. no matter what, but yeah. I don't so, know that I still people so. um we'd love to hear from you don't forget to like and subscribe to podcast and we also for those who got to this far and you love our regular scheduled program there will be a regular scheduled program podcast about tennis and the madness of tennis you know you know the tennis world just hates to let the regular world just live and be messy the <laughs> tennis world's gotta be like oh were you being messy let me get in on this fun too. Hey, hold so, my beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hold my butter beer. Okay, like <laughs> I got it. So we're gonna have a regular tennis podcast coming out. So you'll have two for the price of one this coming week. But I hope you do enjoy our podcast on the Harry Potter. I am enjoying this. It is allowing me to be reading and critical, and I'm finding the skills that I'm learning from these two ladies. It's flowing over in other books I'm reading. I can barely oh, get a chapter of a regular. Aww. I'm all about every detail and I'm just like just let it go let it go you don't have a podcast just let it go keep moving on just keep reading you should see a page I just have too many writing and underline on it but anyway it's wonderful so ladies let us get off of here and go eat something that's revive our energy Yes. We'll talk after the we, we have a podcast after the podcast, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so have a good day and hope you enjoy the Black Cauldron podcast episode number ten. And we'll finish with the with the Goblet of Fire. Order of Phoenix is next. There is battle magic in Yes. Good night. Good night. Mischief managed.